Hello, family man. Hello, sir. Good to see you, brother. Good to see you, too. <laughs> we were just talking about, uh, like, you have two kids now. You have a real family, and you got to get an SUV. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we had something, but just once you get the two car seats in the back, and then, you mm -hmm. know, with all the shit for the kids, and then all the shit your wife has, all of a sudden, it's just like, oh, I now understand. Remember the Suburban? Yeah. Which was a long, like, blazer? And you mm -hmm. look at that thing like, who the fuck needs all of that? Unless you're like homeless and that's where you live. But then you're like, oh, I get it. I get it. If you have three, four kids, yeah, you definitely need one. You definitely need one. They always bring a bunch of shit with them too. They want to bring stuff. So oh, yeah. You have to have, yeah, oh, you have to have room for a toy or this or that. Those Tesla ones you were talking about, those are great. The, the X with the crazy doors. Yeah, the Lambo doors. Yeah, those are dope. Have you ever seen them dance? No. Tiffany Haddish had one. She was in the back of the comedy store. And I she, heard that. And she uh, set it to dance. So she puts music <laughs> on it, and the wings start going up, and the car starts like turning left and right. It's actually pretty badass. It's yeah. fun. She's one of the most fun people I've ever hung out with. So She's I, very I, fun. I wish I was. I wish I was there for that. She had the COVID. She had it. She got it over. She get, she kicked it. She I'm surprised it more comics didn't get it the way we're shaking hands and meeting people mm -hmm. after shows. Um. Yeah, I saw my. I got my wife had the kids. So we had to get tested, so I was. I You're clean. Yeah, big Jay Okerson got it. He had it, and he's clean. It feels weird to be talking about people that have it. Yeah, I know a lot of people that got it. Yeah, I know about mm -hmm. nine. You like naming names like Joe McCarthy over yeah. there. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're fine now. Well, I like people who've had it now because they have the antibodies. They think they can like walk on fire. It's like, dude, this thing is a brand new thing. I don't know if you want to be testing. You know, I got a buddy of mine uh, ended up getting it, and then he was just like, well, they, I got tested. I got the antibodies. So now I think he feels like he's bulletproof. So They don't even know if you can catch it again. They, don't, they really have no idea. Well, people are going to find out. Yeah, we're going to find out. Yeah, because when I was driving over here, I actually got into a moderate level of traffic on the highway. Like I've noticed it's just at some point, I mean, considering people are just kind of doing what they want to do, and a lot of people were. After two weeks, everyone just sort of, depending on where your ego was, mm -hmm. like, you're not going to fucking tell me. This is all <laughs> fucking something. I'm going to go outside. <laughs> Those people, they just kept it going. So now I just feel like, well, you can't have 60% of the population go broke because less than 1% has something. Yeah. So I don't know. I think we're just going to just go back. I think we're just going to go back. And if you get it, you get it. And yeah. if you die, you die. And if you don't, you don't. And then... Eventually, they're gonna get they're gonna get something that'll slow it down or stop it or something like Here's that. Here's what slows it down: your fucking immune system. They don't tell you a goddamn thing about that. They don't tell you how to take care of your immune system. There's no word about that. It's put a mask on, wash your hands. No one's telling you sleep more, drink water, take vitamins. There's none of that. Yeah, and I know this one guy who brought up vitamin D on his big podcast, and then you couldn't yeah. find it anymore. Dude, you're like fucking <laughs> Oprah when she attacked the meat industry. I just saw a clip. Oh, this guy on Rogan. And I, of course, I didn't even research what the, who the guy was. It was just like, take was vitamin a woman. D. A, a woman. woman. That's such yeah. how much I pay attention. And then I go, to, I go to the fucking health food store. It's all gone. And there was some like this bootleg vitamin D. It was like vitamin D plus. I'm like, what? what is that? What is that? I know that that's that probably going to make me catch it. So I just take vitamin C and I try to get eight hours sleep. And I, I've, been, I've been doing a, a pretty good job of, uh, I'm pretty antisocial, like a lot of comics. So I haven't had a problem. Keep it away from everybody. Have you, yeah, it my wife. For you? I, I quarantine in my house. Like my wife said, so you guys are gonna sit down and have dinner with us. I'm always over in the corner. If I'm alone, no one can hurt me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just leftover childhood shit. 
just uh, coming from a family of loners. So, uh, do you feel weird not doing stand up? What has that been like? Um, I did not miss it at all. And, really? But I think that whenever there's something like painful in my life, I think that that's what I do. Is I just, I just go. I don't care. I don't give a fuck. It's all. I, I really learned a lot more about myself during this quiet time of not running around and going to airports and kind of sitting with myself and being like, wow, I thought I was way further down the road working on myself than I was, but I have a lot of fucking childhood issues left over. <laughs> I got a lot. I was like, wow. Like, I, I really started, like, all these puzzle pieces just started coming in, and I was able to look all the way back where I was to where, where I am now and how I got here and these little fucking things that happened to me. You know, good things and bad that just sort of just knocked me down this road that I'm on. It was just pretty... sitting alone with alone time. Yeah, well, you know, my wife was going through, you know, the third trimester. You know, when you know when they're just over it, and you're like, oh god, there's six weeks to go. <laughs> I'm ready to have it now. You're like, oh no. Um, you know, I finally, you know, get my daughter to bed, get her to bed. Everything was good. Made sure all the doors were locked, and then I was just sort of like. Why you know all these years of doing stand up? I'm just up at that hour, right? So I was just sort of, you know, sitting kind of by myself. Like I, I, I don't know. I haven't been watching TV like the news. You just brought up three things. You see, he's going on in Seattle with the fucking FCC, whatever he says. Like, I don't know. What, I don't even know what it is. What is Tifa? Antifa. Antifa. They call themselves anti-fascists, and they they wear masks and they carry sticks and helmets and shit and, they, and intimidate they, people exactly to they, stop fascism. Ex they they use fascism like to it. stop fascism. Yeah, and they blocked off I think six blocks of Seattle and they declared it a police free zone. This is occupied by the people of Seattle and you you can't use money in that police free zone. You know, Joe, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that's not going to end well. <laughs> it's not going to end well at all. <laughs> that's the only thing that's going to keep it from ending badly is that Seattle is kind of a fucked up city. They tolerate a lot of homelessness. So Seattle's got a lot of weird laws. Like there, it's a, it's a, um, I forget the way it's described. I think it's a mutual combat state. That's what it's described. So like if you're in front of a cop, say if uh, say if I'm a cop and you and Jamie decide to duke it out, you can just say you want to fight, motherfucker, and you'll go, yeah, I want to fight, and the cops will let you fight. Because it's some Wild West mining shit from like the fucking 1600s. Yeah, settle it like men. On the books. Yeah, no lawsuits. You, I like it. You can duke it out in the middle of the street. It's very dangerous, though. People getting knocked out on the street is fucking terrifying. Because they fall and they hit their head and they go unconscious. And there's no ref to stop those last nine hammer well, fists. I think the cops are supposed to do that. The cops are supposed to act as a referee, too. But there's, there's videos of guys getting into street fights in Seattle and cops just standing around watching. Yeah, it's real weird. In fact, one I don't of them, have a problem if two people are willing to do it and they they are uh, they know the risks. You know, if you get hit, you're gonna fall and crack your head on the back of the, the the curb. There, I mean, a lot of them are drunk though. They don't know the risks. There was one of them. This is this kid. Uh, I think his his last name is Fodor. Uh, I think Carlos Fodor. He was a MMA fighter, and he would dress up like a superhero. What? See, see if you can find out. What? It, do you remember his name? Anyway. <laughs> he actually knew how to fight, and he was dressed like a superhero. So he's kind of baiting people to fuck with him. And he's walking down the street, and these guys fuck <laughs> with him. That's and they hilarious. They decide to go at it, and then, you know, he's bouncing around like a real pro fighter and starts slamming leg kicks in on this guy. You see this guy's face like, oh, my God, what the fuck have I signed up for? He's just some drunk asshole and some dude yeah. dressed like a superhero. Well, I, 
I don't have any sympathy for those people. He call, I think he called himself if, Phoenix Jones. If I saw a guy walking around dressed like a superhero, I'd be like, that guy's out of his fucking mind, and I would give him a wide berth. <laughs> Yes. Hoping he was on his way to his place of solitude, whatever. That, whatever. <laughs> Maybe he's on his way home to his ice house. He's on his way to the Bat Cave or yeah. some cosplay But, I, but if I was younger, uh, yeah, I might have, you know, if I was standing in a crowd, yeah, I probably would have done some yeah. fucking punk shit like that. A couple of whiskeys in you. Oh, yeah. Get my fucking orange wig <laughs> slapped off. Yeah, probably. <laughs> So Seattle is on. It's run by a warlord. Some one fucking dude, apparently, according to my friend, was run, who's a seal, was running this entire seven block or six block area of Seattle. They spray painted all the windows on this. Yeah, you know. Okay, talk to me in three days. It's, it's been going on a lot longer than that. It'll be fine. You think so? What yes. is going to happen? Do you think this warlord's what? Is he's going to have ten blocks? And then 11, and then he's going to take over all of Washington. I mean, he's going to run out of men. They have guns. Okay. That's the problem. The problem is that they're openly carrying rifles inside this six block. I thing. know, but they need to eat. Okay. And then oh. no supplies are going to get in that seven blocks. They're just going to wait them out. Or they're going to come in with superior firepower. It's not going to end well, Joe. I don't think it's going to end well. I'm just, I, I don't yeah. know how it's going to end. All right. Let's, let's, let's guess the scenario. Okay. All right, how many bodies? What's the over-under? four people die. How many are there? How many of them are there? Uh, thousands, I think. Thousands, and you're only going with four. That's a good number. That's like a Vegas number where you're like, fuck. They always pick the perfect. <laughs> Do I go over or I go under this? <laughs> it's the price is right. I don't know how many fucking people are in there, but the photos that I saw, the place is packed, filled with people, like, like they're just getting out of a Chappelle show. Look at this. These are the people. They took City Hall. They oh, they took City Hall. They own City Hall now? Oh, now, now most the of them are white, so I what? don't see the staying power of this. Wait a minute. What did you just say? They opened the door for them? Yeah. They gave them City Hall. So this is City Hall they're walking into right now? Yeah, this is, yeah. Well, this is going to be funny now when they get in and they don't know what to do. Let me hear some volume on this, Jamie. I want to hear what the fuck they're yelling. Something about Jamie know? Masada. <laughs> ja Jamie's got to go. Yeah. <laughs> the Laugh Factory in Long Beach got looted last night. Oh, God. I can't imagine how many puppets they took. <laughs> <laughs> is there puppets in the Laugh Factory in Long Beach? There's these giant, creepy fucking mannequins. I, that place is, it's, you know, I love that place. I love performing there. But some of the Jamie's decor. I, one of my favorite things to do in this business is shit on Jamie Masada. He knows I love him. <laughs> Buddy. Bill Burr. Black, I, Black Lives uh, Matter, buddy. Don't burn down my club. Yes, please, buddy. <laughs> this business has always been weird like that. There's always no, been No, that's people. why you're the king, dude, because you got outside of it, but you're totally in it, and they can't, they can't get you. They can't get you. I, 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 you know, I'm piling up some stories here, being in the Matrix. I won't get into them, but it's the same. It's just the same old corporations only know how to do business one fucking way and well, it's just they it's, push their advantage they push their advantage they have their leverage and they want the biggest pie, slice of the pie that's that's what they I do. don't have a problem with that it's when they go beyond that and they just straight up steal are they stealing from they, you right they, now? everybody does every every time you get in business with like corporate guys this is how it works it's like the check Okay, we're in business to make money from them, and then you get in business with them and then the check goes to the corporate guy and then you get your cut off of his checkbook so right there, 
I am immediately in a situation where there's no way I can steal from him, but he can rob me fucking blind. Right. And yeah. you can add a bunch of expenses yeah, on the things that... Front-end load yes. expenses to make yes. it look like they're losing money. And yeah. That's they, Hollywood accounting. Yeah. No, yeah. it's stealing. It's stealing is what yes. it is. They just call it Hollywood accounting. Yes. But, it, but it's not Hollywood accounting. It's, it's corporate accounting. It's scumbag accounting. That's just... And it's how they do it, and they sleep at night, and then they always ask, oh, that's over in the accounting section of the building, not over here where me and my yacht are. <laughs> I'm like artist-friendly. You know, I majored in fucking liberal arts in college. Well, what was really interesting, when podcasts started to take off, they started to try to get in with the old model and weasel into podcasts and, and buy pieces of podcasts. And, like, if you oh, come dude, on your my deal, network... Your deal is going to... If you think the fucking industry is going to sit back when they didn't get to wet their beak on that thing, I'm going to tell every young comic when we get back to this shit, is what they're going to do now is what the music industry did, where they started, started signing straight across the board deals. They're going to get some young kid who's got no power in the business, and it's just like, you know, we'll help you create a podcast. You know, we're signed with so-and-so, blah, blah. And what they're going to do is they're going to own the podcast. The advertising money is going to go to them, and they're going to rob them fucking blind. 100%. They're going to 100%, 100% going to fucking steal from them, rob them fucking blind. And then when they get audited and they get caught stealing, they're going to label that kid, that young comic, difficult to work with, <laughs> meaning difficult to steal from. That's It's already happening. Yeah. Uh, I know guys who, young guys, I won't name any names, but they've come up to me and go, hey, um, I'm signed to this management company. They want to sign me, but they want a piece of my podcast. No. They want a piece of this, and they, they want no, it There's in no perpetuity. reason. There's no reason. Yeah. You got to tell people that, dude, because oh, you're them. the You got to tell. Oh, I tell You got to tell people. Do I not. Don't give up anything. Don't give up anything. Don't ever. It's all you. Because they're not going to do anything for you. They, they, what they're going to do is move the ball quicker yeah. that first fucking two years, and then the rest is all going to be you. If you just hang in there and, and struggle a little bit, like, uh, uh you got to grind. You just got to hang in there and keep going. I mean, yeah. I, I got a lot of offers to buy half of the podcast or to buy, P and I, nothing. I wouldn't, I won't, I won't do it. I will, I'll never do it. But then Spotify came along and they said, we'll give you a licensing deal. So just put it on our network for yeah. three months, but you still own it. Right. I'm like, all right, we're in. And that's that's why we did it that way. But this this comic that I won't name, he was telling me that his, this management company, they wanted to sign him. They wanted to own a piece of his podcast forever. And I'm and like, what that that eventually crazy. will become. Yeah, because what they're going to look at it is they're going to make it like if you started a podcast while you were with this yes. manager or while you were with this agent, it'll be like back in the day when you booked a sitcom. Exactly. And then- if you left the agency or the manager throughout the lifetime of that sitcom, you owed the commission to them. Exactly. But back then, that you needed them to do that. You don't need them for the podcast, but they're going to do that. So then you're going to leave this manager, and then for the rest of your fucking life, you're going to be paying this never-ending alimony. Yeah. I mean, there'll be guys eventually, they'll try to take 50, 60, I own your podcast. Uh-huh. Yeah. Managers will start, um, agents will start podcast networks because there's nobody regulating them. To not do that anymore. I got seems. an offer just five years ago from a company that was a radio company that wanted 50% of the podcast. They were going to give me no money. They wanted 50% of the podcast just to be associated with them. And they're like, we're going to pull together all these advertisers and it's going to help your revenue. No. 50%. So no. that, th and but they that's never the deliver with what they say they're going to. They and then can't. they come they in can't. and they just, they just, they gut the thing. Well, the beautiful thing about podcasts is podcasts all get big on word of mouth. Like, I've never advertised this podcast. I never did anything with it. Right. I never bought billboards or put ads up anywhere. It's just from word of mouth. 
And the way other podcasts grow is people get on people's podcasts and they say, hey, you listen to Bill Burr's podcast, Money Morning Podcast, fucking hilarious. And then it just right. grows But I think from it's the job promoting. of people making money in podcasting to let new podcasters know, do not sign those yes. deals ever. Yes. Do not let the fox into the hen house because they are going to fucking rob you blind. And they you just, don't need them. And I, I saw this documentary one time on this heavy metal band Anvil. Right, this crazy thing about this band that just was around forever and never quite made it. And there was a, I think it was, I think it was that one. It's one of those ones about an old like metal band from the '80s. And this guy said, like the truest shit ever when he was talking about the music business. And this goes straight across podcasts and everything. He goes, "You're better to own something 100 percent and only sell 20,000 copies than you are to uh, not own it at all and sell 20 million. Like you're literally going to make more if you just sell 20, Isn't 20. That crazy." Yeah, no, they fuck. Cause, and then another thing that they do, oh my God, dude. Another thing that they do is then the, all the people that they lose on, they dump that on you. Yes, yes. Like I remember one time, I forget what it, I, I was uh, with this network and I had a CD that was already made. I already made it and I just wanted them to put it out on their label. And they, and they wanted to own the CD. And I was like, no, I'm, I'm not, no, I don't want you to own it. I just need you to, to, to like distribute it. I need you as a distributor. And the guy said to me, he goes, well, you know, ownership shouldn't be that big a deal for you. It should be about exposure. And I said, all right, well, let me ask you this. If ownership shouldn't be that big a deal to me, why is it such a big deal to you? And he started like stammering. And then he basically said, well, you know, we get in business with something. He named a couple other comics whose CDs didn't sell. And we have to recoup those losses. It's like, that ain't my fault. That's hilarious. I could have told you not to sign that fucking jerk off. What is your... <laughs> it's not my fault you didn't do the, the fucking work. So that's the way... <clears throat> I had another one one time I signed. This is back when I made like CDs and I did one and I had a 60-40. You get... You know, I was getting 60 and they were getting 40. But their 40 was off the gross. Mine was off the net. And all expenses for the album was on me. It's like, I thought we were doing this together. Every fucking thing, the artwork, printing it, all of that, all of those expenses came to me. And in the end, that 60, 40, 60 uh, net, 40 gross, they made way more money than I did. <sighs> it's just how they, and you're like, oh, okay, well, I'm getting $6 on every 10. Yeah, plus the, it, but anything. It's just hilarious that they would come up to you and tell you that we did some deals with some other comics. Dude, I got in business one time to make this TV show and the fucking guy sends this, the, the, the bill for the whole fucking thing. I shouldn't be saying that, but this is a while ago, right? The guy was going to bill us twenty five hundred bucks a month to use his copier machine, and another, I don't know, forty five hundred bucks to use his editing. It's like, dude, we have both of those things. We don't need those. Let's take that money and put it on the screen. We're trying to get this thing to go, and and the guy, like, he, he, oh, it's the funniest shit ever. He goes like, I'm insulted by those questions or something like that, which is my favorite thing ever. <laughs> the 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 offend, like the uh, what is the like the, the I don't know. You're a fucking thief, and you actually have the audacity <laughs> to be like taken aback, like like fanning yourself. Like I can't believe you're such a. It's like it's t how many fucking shows are you charging twenty five hundred bucks a month to go? You know, fucking use your copy machine. Yeah, that's uh, a lot of money. That's rent for a nice apartment. <laughs> no fucking thieves. Fucking copy machine. How much does it cost to use that copy machine, really? First of all, the copy machine probably doesn't even cost twenty five hundred bucks. It's probably renting it. Yeah, probably but, rents it for a couple hundred bucks a fucking month. But even to buy a copy, he machine. probably has nine shows paying twenty five hundred bucks a month for him to go. That's it. If you have like a really big one, one of those commercial grade copy machines, what does it cost? Ten grand? I mean, how much could it cost?
I mean, that I, I think he's bought a couple of houses off of owning that <laughs> copier machine. And I just I just love telling these fucking stories because these are the things that you like. What, what's great about podcasting is you can say yeah. this. This is for every person out there who yes. has a fucking business. And, you know, there's that thing where you want to take it to the next level. And then these these guys come in and then they're all just like, yeah, well, hey, we're going to take a piece of it. And they take a big fucking chunk out of it. And what they do is their risk is all the way down here. Yours is up here. And then somehow they just I'm telling you, like, you better you better to sell 20,000 copies, own it 100 percent than 20 million and not own any of it because you're going to make more money. That's just how the game is played. And those fucking guys who steal from people, they, they sleep very comfortably. But it's also just podcasts, just the stress of dealing with other people's eliminated. Just the stress of dealing with production people. It slows it down. It slows oh, it down. Yeah, it slows it's awful. It down. It's awful. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> the only thing Spotify's ever done so far is ask, do you know who the first guest will be? And already I'm like, ugh. <laughs> Yeah. Like, they're going to be who they're going to be. You know, they're going to be great. I'm going to try to I get call my best that, friends, I call the that, funniest people. That's them justifying their desk. Like, I right, can't just right, sit here right. like, Joe knows what Any he's idea? doing. Any idea? Well, who's so, uh, going to be? I'd like to start an uh, email chain, <laughs> and uh, we could maybe circle back later and uh, have a conference call. <laughs> and they're just trying to fill up yes. their... Yeah, they're just having to use time. Yeah. But, the, but the Spotify people have been great. They literally said, we don't want to do anything. We want you to just do what you're doing. Just do what you're doing. Oh, that's but even good. asking me who the guest's going to be, I was like, oh, no. Please let this be the only question. <laughs> yeah. I'm never available. And that's nothing, though. That's nothing. I mean, they're great. But could you imagine if you were doing that with a network? Like, imagine if you were in business with ABC or something like that, and they were, they were helping produce your podcast. You'd have to go in for meetings. You'd have to go in and sign into the office. Bill, you sign in here. You go and sit down and waste your fucking afternoon having some dopey conversation. You, you, you kind of complain a lot when you read these letters. Bill, um, do you have to when people are signing the emails? Maybe you should be. Can we get happier? a reread on the blah blah blah? Yeah. Mm. Um, yep. What do you think? How do you feel about product placement? Because we've got a we've got a great deal with Coca Cola. <laughs> Look, all I, I just wanted to, I just wanted to tell a few of those for younger people out there because it actually really bothers me that people do that to people. Yes. It really it bothers me and I love comics and I love seeing new comics coming up that have talent and I hate seeing them get fucked over. So hopefully uh, people listen and they do it, but they're fucking worms, man. They're, they're fucking worms. worms. There's a lot of worms out there. And there's a lot of worms that try to grab comics real that, that are talented but real raw. And they try to lock you up to some enormous lifetime management deal. And, and when you take off and you have something, say if you're... <clears throat> Dude, I remember back in the day when everyone, when, when companies were like shooting specials before comics started shooting them and the amount of guys that got that, yeah, we only got enough money for, to shoot one, you know, to only, you can only shoot it one time, but you're going to crush it, man. You got this hour down, we only got enough in the budget. And then they'd show up early and they'd be shooting another comic special. Off yes. their money, the deal, to double them as a management company, what they would get, or, or an agency. The amount of fucking times that that happened. With the same audience. Oh, I mean, yeah. yeah. Oh, you want to yeah. hear the best one I ever heard? Jim Brewer was filming a special, sold out this theater, and the, the people that were filming the special told him that the money for the ticket sales was theirs because it was all about the production. Because the money that people were paying for the production, he's like... The fuck are you talking about? This is my audience. Like, that's my money. His management tried to steal the money from ticket sales. 
and say that it went towards production. Uh, went all the way to court with it. His manager's on the way to court, has a fucking panic attack, <laughs> goes to the hospital. Like, the whole thing's a nightmare. I think he she won. won. Yeah, yeah, of course he won. He won. Yeah, he won. It, well, it's, it's thievery. It's thievery. Like, these are tick. People are paying to see <laughs> Dude, Jim I have, Brewer. I have a million of those fucking stories. Oh, I have and a lot that, of those this, too. But this is the thing. This is what kills me about a lot of this, this rhetoric that's going on out there, which I agree with 90% of it, but... If you if you agree with a hundred percent of it, like you and I are not supposed to be having stories like this, we're supposed to be the ones doing it, and it's just like you have what do you to mean? like as far as the uh, the whole you know oh you're a white male heterosexual you know doors just fly open and people are like hey what do you dream they like I'm not saying and I'm not obviously not bitching but I'm just saying that like like people will fuck you. It's all about money. They it's don't. All about money. They don't give a fuck, and they and they all those people that do that shit really. Yeah. So well, there's I, a long I, history of Hollywood accounting. There's a long history of that. I mean, there's been so many stories about people who made killer hit movies and never got paid because Hollywood's like, look, you know, we had this much had to go to advertising, and this is the production. Look drive. how bad and Elvis ooh. got fucked. Oh yeah. Oh, Elvis yeah. got fucked so bad, and then one of the main re- ways he got fucked on the road, he he only did one. Out of the country date, I believe he did Toronto, and he never traveled the world because his manager had something going on with his visa, and he was worried if he left, he wouldn't be able to come back. So that kind of like fucked <laughs> him Elvis in out of a ton of fucking money and seeing the world or whatever the yeah. fuck he might have wanted to do. Keep doing these movies, Elvis. You don't want to go on the road. <laughs> that is hilarious. <laughs> well, the, you know, the best version of breaking down how corrupt the music business is was by Courtney Love. They said she had a ghostwriter. I don't know, but she did. But it was, it's, a, it's a great article that she wrote documenting exactly how much you get paid versus how much money gets generated and where it all goes and how they fuck you. Yeah. No, it's... it's uh, they've always done it that way. I mean, that's, that's always the way they've done it. They, that's they the take answer. These young people. That's the answer yeah. to it is, well, I mean, that's how, that's how it's done. That's how we so, do it. So whatever. I don't want to fucking sit here bitching the whole hey, time. Are you I got, smoking I got cigars? Some... Are you done? I quit, but I, I, I smoke like one or two uh, a month. Oh, oh God damn it, Joe. Oh, I got these from Mike Binder. They're good, What? Too. Yes. Oh, look at that. Well, I guess I didn't quit today, did I? <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Billy. Fun times. Are we doing this? Yes, let's do it. All Fuck right. It. Come on, we got to celebrate. You had a kid. Yeah. You have to. There you go. It's I'm my birthday friend. yesterday, yeah. too. Oh, that's right. Happy birthday. Thank you. You're 38 uh, again. 52, brother. Holy shit, that's me too. 52 pickup. Isn't that a weird number? Like you, like you say it, it doesn't seem real. Well, I think in your 50s, nothing matters until the odometer flips to 60. And then you're just like, fuck. Oh, yeah, I know. 60, uh, guys in their 60s that fucking cut hang in there. Yeah, sorry. Guys in their 60s Is this the Ted there. Nugent one? Look at this with the fucking... <clears throat> that's a serious one. Yeah. That's from uh, uh, Benchmade Knives. That's an awesome knife company. They gave me a good uh, cigar cutter. Mm. Mm. You sound so like phallic. Bill Murray in fucking What About Bob, which I just watched the other day. You know when he's eating Great the food. Movie. That's a perfect oh. movie. Oh, mm. <laughs> when he's fucking eating. <clears throat> we did a uh, family movie night. Basically, every day of the pandemic it was uh, first couple of uh, first couple of months. Basically, every night we watch a new movie. 
Watched every single Adam Sandler movie. Watched Groundhog Day again. I forgot how good Groundhog Day was. <laughs> These are delicious. Mm. Shout out to Mike Minder. Yeah, they're really good. Anyway. Anyway. But podcasting is fun. Yes. Well, it's a great business. <laughs> I mean... I started off because I was kind of depressed because I had to move here from uh, move back here from Colorado. I thought I had escaped. I thought I was gone. I was like, I'm out. Fuck L.A. I can't take this crowds and everything. I want peace and I want the wilderness. Mm-hmm. I live in the mountains. I remember that. And then you had to like have a Glock when you went out to go get your mail, so you would get eaten by a fucking bobcat or something. Mountain lions. Mountain lion. Yeah. 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 I saw one in the yard. Like that's uh, that could be an issue. <laughs> I know. That's basically a middleweight tiger. It's a, it's a welterweight. Welterweight. Yeah, welterweight. 150 pounds. 147. <laughs> welterweight tiger. <laughs> welterweight boxing, at least. Welterweight MMA is 170. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's a weird animal to see in the woods, too, because you know if that thing runs at you, like you literally have no chance. They're scared of you, though. They don't want nothing to do with you for the most part. If, they, if they're really hungry and really old, they'll fuck you up. That's why I, I, I try to tell, you know, my wife, when I, whenever you're outside, I'm like, Mama Bear is next to the cub. Always, always. I go, there's coyotes, and they're getting bold because everyone was inside. Yeah. And they come down every night looking for a little dog or mm-hmm. a little fucking cat. You hear that shit going down mm-hmm. in the hills. Everyone be like, you know, once, two, twice a week, you just hear, <laughs> which is yeah. basically the dog like, what the fuck is that? You know? Yeah. Fucking brutal. Yeah, it's gross. It's scary because a little, little cleanup crew goes around and catches... <laughs> Animals slipping in the backyard. Yeah. I don't understand people who let little dogs out. Because those fucking coyotes, they'll figure out a way in. Oh, yeah. Well, they're very smart. They, they, you know, they have to survive. They figure out a way. Yeah. Little creepy fucks. Yeah. They are little creepy fucks. All right, they're can everywhere. I, can they're I, in every city. Can I promote this uh, yeah. movie? F is for family, too. F is for family, New season four. It's coming out tomorrow. Tomorrow, I got two big things coming out, and then that's it. I'm dried up. Because everybody in interviews are, what, what's next for you after these two things? It's, uh, it's it. It's, it's the pandemic. Are you going to start going on the road at all? Um, Clubs are opening up. Yeah. I'm going to see how you guys do. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Who comes back with a cough? I'll let you guys walk towards the atom bomb that they just, I mean, I got a little one at home. So I'm, I think I'm going to chill until like September, unless it's just wide open. I'm, by chill, I mean, if, if things go well. I'm gonna uh, I'm, I'm gonna try to do some shows at the Troubadour because I know that they're hurting and that's one of my favorite venues. All these bands that I love have played there. The Troubadour so. on Santa Monica. Yeah, so they're kind of they they're in you know they're in a bad way because of this. So I'm I'm gonna try to do a little run of shows down there. You know, are they available? You can do that. Not available yet, but when they are available, I'm gonna try to do like a three night thing down there. You know, work for free, get the rust off, have people pay for tickets, buy a bunch of booze and some Troubadour T-shirts. And keep that place going, man. Oh, that's I, great. Yeah. I'll do that. Yeah, well, shit. I'll do that, too. Let's do it. I'll do it. Yeah. That sounds like fun. Yeah. I, I went there uh, twice this year. I saw Everlast there, and I saw Sturgill Simpson yeah. there. Yeah. And it's Steve Steve great. Martin opened for Richard Pryor there. Wow. I read this great Steve Martin article where he was talking about uh, opening for him there. So it also has like some comedy history there, well, too. Well, when I was there, I was saying, this is a perfect venue for comedy. It's like 500 seats. It's awesome. It's got a balcony. Mm-hmm. Like it'd be a great place for stand up. Yeah. It's the uh, stores need the store needs help too. Everybody needs help. The right. Improv needs help. Well, I know the store's gonna once they can open up, I know they they're gonna be fine. Mm-hmm. So uh 
because I'm going to be down there all the time anyway. Yeah. Um, so as far as um, I think between now and September, if they start opening things up, there's a bunch of little theaters that are around um, that I would just, you know, pop in and do a night. Like I said, just work for free. Have the people pay, you know, whatever for some tickets and buy whatever they're selling there, you know. Knock the rest off. Yeah, you know, because I'm not going to have people pay full price. I mean, I haven't taken this amount of time off since I started. Yeah. You know, my last gig was uh, March 10th, the Dean Del Rey Bon Scott tribute. Dude, you should have come down for that, man. I couldn't. I had another thing. It looked like a lot of fun, Dean fucking murdered. The band murdered. It was fucking. And we had a great comedy show. He's got a crazy voice. He does. It it's really so sneaks up on you because he'll sing in the car. You're like, oh, but then you see him when he's in, with the band and, and, and goes. The microphone and everything. Uh, when that video that you guys put on Instagram or him singing a whole lot of Rosie, I was like, holy fuck. He's yeah. really good. Well, he did it for like 15, 20 yeah, years. He, you could tell. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's legit. Yeah. Yeah. That was a good time. <laughs> and then it was over. Mm. <laughs> and then it was over. Yeah. Yep. Strange. Yeah. I got some gigs lined up. I'm gonna announce them next week, but uh, I'm gonna I'm just gonna hit the road, do some fucking clubs, knock the rust off. Right. It looks like the store is uh, not listed as a bar; it's listed as an entertainment, a live entertainment venue, because uh, they're opening up bars and restaurants and all these different things. And the store, they kind of they, they tried to label it as a nightclub, but uh, Peter Shore is like, it's like it's not a nightclub. No one's no one's milling around. You stand, you sit down. You go in and sit down. It's more like. Right. It's more so like, what do they need to be classified as to open up? Well, they need a different distinction for comedy clubs. They don't really have one. And, you know, there's a good argument, a real good argument, that comedy clubs should be some sort of an essential business because people need to blow off some steam. It feels good. It's really right. good for you. Look, if I was a, a guy working a regular job and I was used to going to the store every couple months to uh, knock, you know, knock some laughs into me, I mean, I'd be fucking chomping at the bit to go see some comedy right now. Oh, I think they're going to be packed. I remember oh. uh, I was in New York, you know, uh, during 9-11, and I was like, is anything ever going to be funny again? And it was like a, you know, like a two-week lull, and then they were just fucking packed. Yeah, yeah. And it was actually, became almost like a second, like, boom or whatever, um, way back in the day. I'm worried about a second wave of the corona. I'm worried about them locking things down. Someone's got to step in and stop them from doing that. Next, next wave... You guys got to be proactive. You got to do something about people's immune systems. You got to lock down old people and sick people. Let re- regular people do whatever the fuck they want. You can't, you can't just lock people's freedom down for something that killed a small fraction of what you thought it was going to kill. The whole thing is, it's just fucking creepy to have guys like Mayor Garcetti be in charge of telling people whether or not they get to work. Like that's not what a governor's but supposed to be. That's not what a mayor's trying, supposed they're, to be. They're, but they're they're trying to look out for your best interests and trying to get four hundred million people to all pull in the same direction. It's is fucking. It's, you can't get forty comics to pull in the same direction. So but they like did. they have like an impossible. They did and they didn't. There was there was people fucking right the whole fucking time. There's been fucking assholes on my street walking around no masks. You know, not quarantining like the people that come by the houses. You see the fucking, you know, the same people that were going in and out of the house who are not part of their family still going in and out of the house. You want people to walk down the street with a mask on? Let's not start this, Joe. Do you, though? Let's not start this. Okay. Let's, let's start it. I, I don't want to start this bullshit. I'm not going to sit here with no medical degree, listening to you with no medical degree, with an American flag behind you, smoking a cigar, <laughs> acting like we know what's up. Better than the CDC. All I do is I listen. I watch the news once every two weeks. I'm like, mask or no mask? Still mask? All right, mask. That's all I give a fuck about. 
I don't care. But even they say you shouldn't wear a mask unless you're treating a coronavirus patient. The World Health Organization. Yeah, but they didn't say that, that initially. They didn't say it initially. No, they didn't. They did. And then it gradually, then it gradually, and then, wait, wait, wait. And then everybody wore the fucking masks. This is like rollerblading. Everybody fucking rollerbladed, and then there was that one fucking homophobic joke, and then everybody acted like they never did it. <laughs> and then a, a hundred million fucking rollerblades got thrown into the fucking ocean. We all wore masks. And I then all of a sudden, people are fucking sitting there. Well, you don't have the body type for it, dude. Your fucking <laughs> knuckles would scrape on the ground. <laughs> Even with that extra two inches. <laughs> I just love how wearing a mask became like this fucking like soft thing that you were doing, like yeah, being courteous, bitches. being courteous. Why is this for bitches? That, I, that was so stupid. Mask. <coughs> First of all, it's oh not. god, you're so tough with your fucking open nose and throat, <laughs> Gee, Joe, and your five o'clock shadow. This is a man right here. A oh, man doesn't wear a mask. Why does it always become like that? It's always like the man it's just versus what men the do. bitch. That's what men do. We, we make fun of things, anything. Anything that uh, seems like you're not taking chances, right? That's what I don't the, the have mask a problem is. with that unless you were already wearing the mask and then you're acting like you didn't. And all of a sudden people watch your thing and then they all pile on. Oh, look at this bitch wearing the mask. It's like you were fucking doing it two weeks ago. Well, I was scared out of my mind in the beginning. In the beginning, like when the first when when everybody's shutting down in the beginning and people are stockpiling food, I was convinced. I was like, Jesus Christ. Dude, you have like nine elk die. in your basement. You were, I, you were the one person I knew was fine. Tom Pop is making oh, bread. I've got plenty of food. I knew, I knew he That's was fine. That's not what I was worried about. I was worried about people I knew getting really sick and dying. And then I was convinced that I had it. At one point in time, I was like, God, I do feel like I'm breathing heavy. I felt like my, my breath is some, like my breath is coming short. I did. I did. I like, had like psychosomatic now issues the bitch, thinking about Joe? it. Now I got over it, bitch. though. I got over it. <laughs> Guy had a fucking panic attack sitting on fucking 12 elk. You had a fucking had a panic, panic attack. attack. In and, the then, sauna. and then you felt bad about yourself, and then you attacked people with masks. That's how it works. And that's how the hatred starts. And that's right now why seven blocks of Seattle, you can't go now and get yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go and I'm going to drop off free food for those folks, those fine protesters. Joe, there's a major American city where seven blocks, the people have took over it. And I had no idea what you were talking about. So just great. anything that I say, I don't watch it. I envy you. At all. I envy that, that you just do that. You just shut everything down. Me, I, every day, I check what part of the world's on fire right I now. I don't like hysteria. I don't like making decisions with hysteria. And I, like, I, I, when I first became a dad, the hysteria of other parents, I would just, I would be looking at them, but I wasn't listening. Because uh, that's all, that's what was the tone of everything was saying. You know, better get some sleep now. Uh, and you'd be like, and then anytime you say anything positive about your kid, how old's your kid? Seven weeks. Oh, yeah. How is, ah, she's great. She's great. Oh, oh wait till seven and a half weeks. Uh, <laughs> it's like, it's like, dude, maybe you suck at it. Yeah. How about that? Yeah. You're sitting there with your fucking legs trembling, right? All nervous and shit. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't like, you know, I'm already fucked in the head. I'm already fucked in the head. I don't need 24-hour news network. Like, who's that guy on Fox News? I always joke with Neil. Tucker? He's got great hair but horrible points. Like, if his points were as good as his hair. Which guy? Uh, he looks like a Kennedy. I mean, he's just, he is the white guy's white guy. He was talking about black people going, and when they come for you, and they will, they're going to, you know, it's just like, what are you, what are you fucking talking? Is it Hannity? I don't know who he is. No, it's not Hannity. Not Hannity, Hannity was the guy who they, they put with that fucking... That, that, like, rooster at the end, a chick in the end of his life-looking guy. <laughs> like, here's your liberal. 
Dude, and all my relatives who are conservative are like, I mean, look at him. I mean, he's so meek. It's like this thing is cast like a show. Yeah, who was that guy that he was with? Hennedy and Combs. Remember Hennedy that? and Combs. And the the one guy looked like he was on death's door, and he was the liberal. Oh, he was gray. Yeah. He was gray. And the other guy looked like a football hero, astronaut with yeah, the square big, jaw. Yeah, face. Nice fucking head yeah, of hair. Nice the other guy with the hair. little glasses. <laughs> he looked like Mr. Burns, right? <laughs> yes. And he had no spine. He had no. He wasn't strong arguer. I was, he was there. To, he was he was the Washington Generals. And the other guy was the Globetrotters. <laughs> Conservative point. And then, and then you put on CNN and you got all those fucking nitwits with the situation room and all of that. How about you, this, Cuomo this, and this, his brother? This is why I wish that there was a comedy club because there's a bit that's already come and gone. Was what I loved was when uh, uh, Colin Kaepernick, when he was taking a knee, right? All the liberals were just like, well, hey, man, it's just like his opinion, man. You need, you, wait, this is a time to listen, man. And then everybody on the right's like, shut the fuck up and play football, you fucking piece of shit. Don't disrespect the flag, right? And then Drew Brees tweets something conservative. And then all of a sudden, everybody on the right's like, hey, man, this is just like his opinion, man. And then everybody on the left's like, you fucking racist piece of shit. I'm going to fucking cancel you. They literally... Do this. Everybody believes in like freedom of speech as long as you're saying what they want to fucking hear. It's yeah. basically, it. and that's why I fucking hate both of those news channels. I, yeah, I, 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 it, it actually very divisive. It, it makes my blood boil when I walk into a house with people I know, and if they're watching CNN or Fox, like I can't get past the like when people watch like the Kardashians. It's like, why would you do that to your brain? <laughs> <laughs> it is what it's like. I mean, it's very toxic. It's very toxic, both sides. And they, they, they never see any good points that the other side is making. And every video on the internet starts after the thing happened. And it's like you're always like, it's like you're getting eight episodes in. And you're like, what the fuck? It's like, you, you don't know what's... Like, if you watch the last scene of Jaws, you're like, why the fuck did he kill that shark? <laughs> There's enough sharks dying out there. <laughs> You didn't see that this thing was specifically targeting human beings and he needed to do this, right? How does that relate to the news? I'm saying when you watch the news, people don't like, they, they're not filming what leads up to whatever fucking confrontation happens. Right. Okay? Right. So you're getting a very skewed, you don't know what happens. You know what, what a good what, version what, of that what, is? What they're saying happens could be what happened or a bunch of other shit. I don't, I, don't, yeah. like, I don't understand how I'm supposed to watch something, you know, like there's, there's obviously obvious shit. Like that shit in Minneapolis was the most obvious shit ever. That guy's a murderer and those other three guys sat around and just watched him fucking do it. When guy's calling out, I can't breathe and all of this shit and calling out for his mother. It was fucking sickening. That guy's a monster and had the audacity to have a shocked look on his fucking face. That guy's terrible, right? But like what I'm saying is that thing had all of this. He kind of got... The whole fucking thing. When they came up, you had the whole thing. There's so many other, and I'm not just. I'm not talking about cop stuff. I'm just talking about anything. Mm -hmm. Taking a, a, a little piece of somebody's stand-up routine, or a politician says this, or voted he voted no on this, and what it is is the shit that all. It's usually the shit that was attached to it, which is something I don't understand with politics. Like, why can't you just vote on what you're voting on? Like, should we have clean water? Yes, we should. And then, like, the shit that's attached to it. But, attached we, but we can still yeah. fucking dump toxic shit in here. And then when the guy goes to, or the woman goes to run, it's like, oh, this this person voted against the Clean Water Act. 
This is your tree hugger? I'm Joe Blow, and I approve of this message. Well, here's a, here's a good version of that. Remember the Covington school case? There was uh, The kid had a MAGA hat on, and the Native American was uh, beating the drums, and the kid was smiling, looking at him. And they took it, pretending that this kid walked up to this Native American beating the drums and was smiling in his face and mocking him. Mm -hmm. What really happened is these kids were on a field trip for high school. They're selling MAGA hats. The kids are 16. They're being jerk-offs. They buy these hats and put them on. They're just having fun. Mm -hmm. right? It's very little supervision. While they're there, these Native Americans are beating their drums, and this guy walks up to the kid and gets in the kid's face and is beating the drum. Now, CNN, all these people went with this narrative that these kids were mocking him. The kid just stood there smiling while this Native American got in his face. But the yeah, photo that's, of that's the kid doing that. It's disturbing that those, you know, there used to be rules on ownership of media. Yeah. I think way back in the day, it was like a rule of sevens, like no one person could own seven, any combination of radio. TV because you can literally influence public opinion and oh, that's yeah. why like I've watched and I, I do 12 years ago I went down the Federal Reserve fucking rabbit hole I became a fucking the guy you didn't want to talk to about the Federal Reserve all of that shit the private thing it's not it's just federal it's the Federal Express I Jekyll went down Island yeah, yeah all of that shit yeah. and like watching I, I just and I just feel like in the last I don't know how many years where it's just all of a sudden they stop being just sort of everything they were I think reporting was always perverted to some level mm -hmm. um, and now it's just it's just you're sort of watching like op-ed pieces so I don't know this is somebody who doesn't watch anything and reads like you know autobiographies of football players in the 1950s so well, I mean, in this Covington school kid case they sued the kids sued and won they, you know, the CNN painted him out to be a monster. They were getting death threats. And kid did, just stood and there did smiling. They, did CNN also, uh, issue a retraction? I don't know what they did, but they paid him. I don't, yeah. I don't know what they, but they that's why I don't, I don't like e either one of those no. channels because of that. And it causes, I think, rational people, like that guy, the guy, the, the fat dude on the, in the bicycle suit, ripping those pieces of paper out of those girls' hands. Oh, yeah. Jesus yeah, Christ. That guy, that is the result, I think, of watching one of those channels 24-7 yeah. and then going on Facebook and writing in capital letters. Could you imagine if you were there watching that guy rip pieces of paper out of a little girl's hand like that that he didn't even know, yelling at her, running up to her where the mother is yelling, you stop touching her. Get your hands off her. I would. Oh, that was the mom? I thought that was her friend. Whoever that was. It sounded like a woman. It sounded like a woman yelling... <laughs> Because he was, was a little doing, girl. He was doing everything but growling. Yeah. Because then, then it gets to the point of, like, what is in your head that you're trying to defend? Like, what, like that's a guy. But then everybody vilifies the guy, which I would rather sit down and talk to that guy and be like, let me ask you this. When you watch that, you know, Floyd video, like, what is it that you see? Because just yelling at somebody, canceling him and making him lose his fucking job, you're just going to make the guy even more angry. And he probably has grandkids that he's going to fill their head before he, before he dies. So his... what's the solution? Sit down and talk to him? I think that should be part of it. Like, buddy, let's just sit down for a second. You were on a bicycle. You wanted to burn some calories. You're obviously into it by the way you're dressed. Okay? <laughs> you're enjoying America's great parks. Right. You come across these kids. You know, do you like kids? Have you ever attacked a kid before? It, they're just putting a piece of paper up with the point of view. Like, what What do you think led up to that level of a response? Because I have to be honest, like, we've all fucking snapped and done shit. I would like to think I have. And afterwards, I'd be like, what the fuck? Why did I argue that? Why did I say that? Why did I do that? And the only way 
to uh, kind of prevent from you being a fucking asshole again is you have to kind of walk back and look at it. Right. So going <clears throat> at the guy, which I totally understand because it, it was it was so bad it was almost comical because he was borderline growling at them. And uh, at well, some you know what was point, really bad? He didn't even get the paper from the girl. He grabs the girl. The girl clenched her fist down and held onto the paper. My favorite part was the sound of his the bottom of his shoes that the clip click, into click, the pedal. Click, click. <laughs> <laughs> he sounded like a little show pony. <laughs> he was trying to growl like a tiger, and he sounded like my pretty pony, like somebody should have been uh, combing his hair. So, and I was sitting there going, "Look at this crazy old guy." And uh, okay, but I don't me, know how I didn't think how, how old I thought he was, but then he was like sixty. I was like, "This guy's like only eight years older than me." So he graduated high school like eight years before me. So like, this guy is almost part of my generation. Like, what experiences did he have that he looks at this whole thing like, um, you know? I mean, I'm not of that 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 thing saying all cops are like those guys. It's like no, it's like you have to get those guys off of the force. That's what I think. So um, I just don't understand, like, and that was my understanding. What they were putting up there was specific to the Minneapolis case. So my thing is, as a human being, how could you have issue with somebody trying to put something, uh, you know, honoring that guy or something positive about that? Like, that's what I was confused. I don't know what she put up. I'm not sure what she put up. It was definitely about the George Floyd protest. You know, maybe see that's a great point. I couldn't see what was written on the paper, and I just I filled that in when I watched it. Mm. But I really couldn't get over the sound of his shoes, though. (laughs) (laughs) That was really fucking funny. And when he started walking faster with the bike, Mm. it was almost like a great movie trailer for a horror film. Yeah. No. But could you imagine the sixty-year-old fat bike rider? Imagine if that was your daughter. Imagine if your daughter, you're sitting there and that guy runs up to your daughter and he's grabbing the paper out of her hand. He's running at her, grabbing the paper out of your, while a woman's screaming at him to not touch her. Don't you touch her. Yeah, I mean. Imagine. Yeah, I mean, there's only one response as a father. Yeah, (laughs) murder. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I don't like murder. No? What do you like? Mame. I mm. want him to remember that he did it. That's interesting. <laughs> <clears throat> That's interesting. That's another level. Start with the blown out ACL and you go from there. Yeah. Beat him with his stupid shoe. Why do people wear I actually have, I actually had to look up why people wore those shoes. They clip in. I know they do, but I'm like, what is the advantage of that? Is there an advantage? It's yeah, hard. I think I think it's when, when you're coming up this way, you, oh, you, you can you can still yeah. pull with your legs. So you're getting more of an efficient oh, that makes motion. Sense. This guy's, really, this guy's really into uh, biking. biking and not putting paper on trees. <laughs> <laughs> Don't put their dead relatives in their faces. Just a man that would run up to a little girl like that and grab her. Grab paper out of her hand. There he is. Click, 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 click. That's before, but that's before <laughs> he grabs her, Jamie. I just yeah, back it up from the beginning. This now, is as far as running. you with your martial yeah. art background, you got to be impressed with the way he's using his bike there. No. He's sort of like trying to be a little herd. Bicyclist in Maryland. Caught on. What does it say? Rewind it. See right there. <clears throat> That's where a bicyclist was caught on video early attacking teenagers who were posting flyers. Is that a teenager? It's a little girl. Is that really a teenager? She might be thirteen. <clears throat> he just runs up to her, he's yelling at her. I mean, look, he's towering. Oh my God! He's look at her though. Good arm. for her. She. F- 
Yeah. See, that's, I think, I don't know if that's a woman or her friend, but that girl's got balls or ovaries. I like the, the little skip step, too, like a cornerback. Well, he's running at the guy with the camera and knocks him over. The man achieved his goal, okay? As much as you don't approve of what he's doing. He achieved his goal. No, she's still got the paper I know. I'm, just, I'm choking. He grabbed her arm. Whatever happened to that guy? I don't know, but they're, they're promoting my movie song. right there. Look at that. King of Staten Island. What are the odds? <laughs> On demand everywhere. Friday. You know, I would be in the news with a big old fucking orange jumpsuit on if that was happening to my daughter. Oh, my God. It'd be a real problem. If I caught someone doing Dude, that Dude, you would to be anybody, like a stuff. fucking badger on that fucking... <sighs> just... <laughs> you, your biggest problem would be, what do I use? <laughs> <laughs> I almost think for half a second, like, you would be... You the elbow, what do I do? Choke him, what do I fucking... Dude, that spin and heel kick I saw you do. I, if you ever hit me with that, I have to learn how to talk again. Yeah, yeah, Joe. I it didn't happen. It didn't happen to your daughter, right? I know. You, you, I you know, just it's a you just went to a dark fucking place there. I go there all the time, Bill. It's <laughs> <laughs> a real problem with me. I know. I do too. I go there all the time. I do think getting uh, talking about all these protests. I think something really positive is going to come out of this because the fact that so many white people are also pro uh, and getting involved in it and, and so many cops were vocal saying yes. that you know they shouldn't do that so i think something good is going to come out of this i, I just couldn't agree more I, I really do i do and i hope so too because it's it it's been wrong for way too long and i also hope that uh that a bunch of other groups don't use this as a piggyback thing to then do some other shit which will then escalate will make people who want things to stay the same they'll be able to shift focus of like you know like how they try to make like the protesters and the rioters like the, 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 the looters thing, right. the same people right right where it's just yeah there's only yeah you you did that and then at night you did this no yeah the way yeah. that so i don't know yeah, they're gonna no, do it anyways i think there's the once the looting died down you're seeing peaceful protests that are very encouraging i think it's great i really do i mean that downtown la one was amazing Fifty thousand fucking people filled the streets and no crime, or very little, nothing I heard of. It was just mostly people chanting and holding signs. Yeah. It looked promising. Look, they gotta, the, the, the thing that dis disturbs me is this idea that they should defund the police. You can't get rid of the police. What you need to do is spend more money and train them better and high, have higher standards. And do it the way you do the military, where it's very difficult to get in. And you weed people out that are weak. Like, that guy was a pussy. That guy leaning on that guy's neck like that, that guy's a monster. There's no way that guy yeah, should have been Yeah, because he knew he was being filmed, too, and he just he had no... Yeah, I mean, that's like hands in his pockets, like he was just fucking, you know, waiting for an Uber or something like that. Makes He's you a think, monster. Yeah. He's a monster. Yeah. And that guy had been doing that forever. You know, there, there's new evidence that they worked together and they fought, they, they argued about the way that cop was treating the customers. They worked together at security at the same club. And that cop was a fucking asshole to people at the club, and they argued about it. So they had a personal issue. And there's some people that want it to be elevated to first-degree murder because of that, that he did it on purpose. That oh, he, he knew? He knew that guy. Oh, man. I mean, it's just... Yeah. yeah, they argued when they worked together, apparently. One of the guys that worked with them said that George Floyd was always telling that guy he's a fucking asshole the way he treats customers, because he would mace people and shit, that kind of stuff, pepper spray folks. He just was the first guy to use violence right away. He had es escalate the situation. He had a history of complaints back to 2006. 
My friend Joe Schilling, the kickboxer, I'm talking about him again, but his fucking page is the most disturbing page right now because all he's done over the last five, six days is post videos of police brutality. And it's police brutality on black women, white women, white old men, black old men, young guys. It's just, just police brutality over and over and over and over again. There's a problem of racism in this country for sure. There's also a real problem with people that have the kind of power the cops have that are weak people, that are that are sociopaths. And that's that's as much of a problem as any of this. Yeah. Yeah, you tack the racism onto it and you got a horrible situation, but those people are psychopaths. They're they're monsters. That guy who did <laughs> you know, that, that is reminds a fucking me a long monster. time ago. Like I remember talking to a security guy and he said the best guys are the guys that that they de escalate it. Yeah. He goes, oh, you don't, because sure. this guy used to put together crews of guys to, uh, I think it was for like rock concerts and stuff. And he said, you didn't want to get guys that wanted to fight. You didn't want to have those guys because those guys would be a fucking headache. And every night there was going to be something and there was going to be lawsuits. Like what, what you, what he was saying you ultimately wanted was nothing to happen. Yeah. So, um, I remember, cause I was joking with them. I remember a long time ago. The Grill 93, this old Dick Doherty room. I remember that joint. So two guys were about ready to go at it in the club, and the bouncer gets him outside. Okay, and this guy's trying to say his point of view, and he, and he put his hand on his shoulder. He goes, he goes, uh, he goes, no, all I was trying to do, he barely, barely went like that on his shirt. And he goes, okay, first of all, don't touch me. That's what the bouncer said. And just immediately it was here, and then it, became, then it went to here, and then those two guys started yelling at each other, and then and within, I don't know what the fuck, he just twisted the guy up and took him out. And I, I forget who the fuck I was with. We were fucking dying laughing. <laughs> it just became a catchphrase between us. He would come up, hey, Bill, you, you're working this weekend? Okay, first of all, don't touch me. Just, uh, you, just, you immediately just <laughs> escalate it, where it just becomes a what the fuck. And then, first of all, don't touch me. From 90% of guys is immediately going to put you in your ego where it's like, oh, fuck. Now, now he's on top of me and I'm the bitch. I got to I gotta at least get you know, a little, uh, get at his eyebrow level. I have to come back with something else. It was inevitable. The second he said that, first of all, don't touch me, I did like the three slide steps down. Because I learned that young, watching fights. You know, you don't want to have a really good seat. Because it's like a tornado. You don't know where it's going to go. And you think, <laughs> you think you're like 20 feet away. I, that happened that meant me at a Bruins game, the old Boston Garden. And it was like one of those, you know, just everybody smoking. I, I, you probably couldn't smoke in the garden at that point. I just remember like, like smoky bars and shit. So we went in there and everybody was hammered. I was hammered drinking like fucking Heffernreffers. Remember the Green Death, right? Mm. Like, dude, this is like 6% alcohol. So um, some like one of those two rows of fans fighting, which is always great. Because like the people that are a row up are just throwing down. These guys <laughs> getting fucking pounded. There's always a loafer laying there, right? Uh, Mike Milbury picking it up. So I remember the cops ran up there, and I ran up too to watch the fight, and they started grabbing guys and coming down the stairs. And it was the Boston Guard, and there was nowhere to go. And I just remember this big cop bounding down the stairs. He literally had a handful of this guy's neck. It was like his whole neck and his jugular, and this guy was two colors. <laughs> I just remember he was going, try to, uh, try to push me down the stairs, try to push me down the stairs, and he came down like... And I was trying to get out of the way, and I forget. I think the guy who he had grabbed, like his knee, fucking hit me in the back. You know, I just, I just got caught by the debris of this guy running by, and that's when I kind of learned, like, uh, you know, when it, to how to watch a fight. Which you watch a fight, and you're looking at your exits, because, like I said, it's like a t you don't know where it's gonna fucking go. 
And uh, I had learned that lesson. So when I saw that guy say that, uh, first of all, don't touch me. I was just like, okay, sliding over here. Let some other people settle in in front of me. I can do uh, I like to win that. I yeah, don't... that's the same as if, yeah, you want to be above, slightly above, looking down at, at all the altercations. You get a better viewpoint there anyway. Yeah, I suck at it, dude. I, I, I stopped fighting in like junior high. That was it. I just, I knew, I, I mean, I just knew. I was like, this is not my thing. I can't slip a punch. I am slow as shit. <laughs> I got a big head. I got a huge target. This is not going to go three rounds. It's just mm. not. Um, I fought up until like six, around sixth grade. I think I probably had my last one. And then all of a sudden, kids started to get 120, 130, 140 pounds, and they started being blood and, and <laughs> fucking people missing a couple days of school after yeah. a beatdown. I was just like, you know what? Okay. I think I'll be the funny guy. <laughs> It's weird how things go sideways like that when there's a there's a, like a feeling in the air. When whenever chaos breaks out like that and it's a real melee, there's a feeling in the air. Like it's just like you, you feel it. It's like oh, this is nuts. Like this is this is really dangerous. Yeah. Like there's a a, a a mob mentality feeling that you get. It's real weird when things go crazy. I I remember it took me uh, having to leave Boston for about seven years. I was gone for seven years before I finally walked into a bar and just felt. The normal energy. I think the city's changed a lot, but like that, sort of that tail end of the, the craziness. I walked into a bar and you could just feel it. It's like somebody's got to get suckered. Like, yeah. it, not now. It's about ninety minutes away. You could just feel the level of drunkness, mm -hmm. the, the the energy. Well, guys would go out looking for fights. Some guys would go out looking for fights. Yeah, I knew. There's guys a guy like I used that. to train with, uh, Mike Blythe. He used to work at the Rat Scaler. He was a, a bouncer. He would go. He would wrap his hands. He would wrap his hands on his way to work. I knew a guy. I knew a guy. <laughs> Tape his wrists and shit. I knew a guy who was a bouncer, and he used to bring a mouthpiece to, oh, yeah. to, uh, to work, but he used to carry it all the time. And I remember when he would get into a, when he would get into a fight, he would fucking... It was, a, it was something where he would... It was a mouth guy. He would bite down. It wasn't like what you guys wear, but it would totally psych the other guy out. Like, he would come out, and he would just put this thing in, and the guy would be like... This guy brought equipment? Like, <laughs> like, what the fuck is going on here? And I remember one time he got he got suckered. He knew it was going to be a fight. And I figured, well, for some dumb reason, he sat down on the stairs and the guy was standing above him. And one of his friends jumped down and just punched him. And I saw the mouthpiece. It was like fucking Buster Douglas Tyson. I saw his mouthpiece fly towards us. And then just, I, sh I shouldn't tell these stories. Cause Why? I, I don't know. Because, you know, it's my version of... What it was a long, long like You're 30, not naming names. It was like thirty years ago, and what happened was we were in an off-campus apartment, and uh, I can't believe I'm gonna tell the story. I'm gonna tell the quick version. Uh, tell the whole version. No, two of my buddies left to go upstairs. It was one of those, you know, those old fucking Boston. It looked almost like a three-family house, but it wasn't. It was one of those big ones that has all apartments in it, right? So they left the party we were on on the first floor, and then they went upstairs. And like 20 minutes, they came back. One of my buddy's shoulders was separated. The other guy had flat lip, and he had a flat top too. And maybe he had this big fucking gash coming right down here, blood coming down his face. And we were like, what the fuck happened? What the fuck happened? And he was like, we just asked this guy for a drink, and the whole party started beating on us. So this whole mob goes up the stairs to go fight the party, right? And I'm going upstairs like, what the fuck am I doing? My big fucking head. I'm going to get knocked out here. But I have to go because they're my friends. So we fucking go up there. 
And uh, we hear the party. So my buddy, the mouthpiece guy, like the most innocent void ever, knocks on the door. He goes, hey. He's like, is there a party going on in there? Right? And the fucking door opens up. And it was like a fucking West, Wild West movie. Like a saloon <laughs> fight. Just fucking haymakers. I remember, I, I didn't even want to go in. I was so scared because I was like, oh my God, this is going to be fucking nuts. And just the mob just sent me in. And it was just like, everybody's just throwing. I remember this dude jumping over my back, punching me in the face, right? And the smoke fucking clears and it all settles. You know, it was all like fucking 15 second melee and it all fucking settles. And we look at the party and there's like six or seven guys, six or seven girls. And there's like a board game that's tipped over and we had gone to the wrong party. Swear to God, I know this sounds like a joke. The real party where they got hit was upstairs. And I don't know, I don't remember what happened, but they they were actually rich kids and they sued my friends for going in, whatever the dumb shit they did. Oh, but, but no. We all went into the wrong party. <laughs> and they were in there having like a couples thing and they were playing like fucking Monopoly or something. And all of a sudden there was a knock on the door. Hey, is there a party? And then everybody just came fucking running in. <laughs> Can you imagine them? That's what I'm saying. No, oh. I felt that's why I didn't want to tell because I felt I felt really like yeah, I felt bad. When I was in high school, the first real brawl that I ever saw was when I was like 17. I think I was a senior in high school. And there was a rich kid that moved into the neighborhood. He wanted to make friends. So he put on this crazy party. He just invited everybody. So kids oh. from all kinds of different high schools were coming. Oh, not, that's not always just, good. Yeah, Newton North, Newton South, a bunch of kids from all sorts of other places. And uh, I happened to be at the right place at the right time when I saw it pop off. People were already robbing this guy. I saw people taking stuff out of bedrooms and running down the stairs with it. It was real sketchy because there was way too many people for oh, this guy's party. God. But then this girl, I still to this day don't remember what she did. She either slapped this guy in the face or she threw a drink in his face. I don't remember. I think she slapped him. But I, what I remember is he uncorked a perfect right hand on her. He knew how to punch. Like, I remember thinking, wow, this guy's trained because he, <laughs> he snapped it. Joe, always the commentator. Listen, I've been doing it for a long time. <laughs> but whatever she did, I'm pretty sure she slapped him. But he went like oh. this. Blap! I mean, it was a perfect right hand. Hit her right in the face. Her head goes back. This guy behind her catches her. She's totally unconscious. And then, blap! Chaos, chairs flying, bodies piling it up, and I'm on the stairs. So I'm watching this through the railings. I see the guy punch the girl as I'm coming up the stairs. I see it all play out. I'm like, holy fuck. And I'm like, I got to get out of here. Yes. And it, there was piled. I didn't, I didn't hit anybody, and nobody hit me. I fucking, it was like a movie. Like, excuse me, pardon yeah, me. Crawling out. <laughs> I fucking dodged, <laughs> dodged everything. Meanwhile, uh, I was fighting at the time. I was f f traveling to tournaments all over the country and fighting. So my friends were looking for me. They're like, you know, go get Joe. And there's piles of people brawling. And I'm just ducking the piles. And, I, and then I, I ran into my friend Jimmy. And I'm like, where is everybody? And we gathered our friends and got in the car and drove off. We were laughing our asses off. But it was like when we left, the cops were just starting to arrive. There was piles of Perfect. kids beating the shit out of each other on the lawn. Dude, yeah, I remember my I'll friend. Never my friend who separated his shoulder in that fight. We popped it back in, and he went back up, threw a punch with the same arm, and missed. <laughs> it came it out again. again, and I remember him flopping on the ground like a fish out of water. Ugh. And afterwards, we said to him, "Like, dude, why didn't you throw the other hand?" And he goes, "Cause I wanted this hand to get its revenge." <laughs> I swear to God. <laughs> like, like he had, he had made his part of his body like a karate movie. Like he had to avenge. <laughs> 
his shoulder's death. Dude, uh, that's, and I have to tell you something. When people mm. uh, talk about, you know, you're a funny comedian and blah, blah, the characters that I grew up with and what I loved about what they did and what they said was they weren't trying to be funny. Like, he was right. dead serious. <laughs> he wanted revenge for this heart. Yeah, and then we were driving home, hammered, and we were three abreast uh, in, in the fucking, uh, the, uh, the pickup truck. It was this guy's dad's truck, and he had the flat top, so he's got dried blood on his forehead, and we're just driving home, and nobody's saying anything. And the dude in the middle has got these sunglasses on, and he's just sitting there like this. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, he just fucking he goes like that. Scared the fucking shit out of me. And I, I, did, I was like, dude, what the fuck are you doing? And he goes, ah, oh, sorry. He goes, he goes, I took a little acid. He goes, I was looking at this bug. He goes, <laughs> goes I thought it was on the windshield. He goes, it turned out it was on the inside of my glasses. <laughs> now, I don't know if that was true. But dude, there's only like I, there's no way you could ever reenact how much he flipped it, like how much you would freak out on acid if you thought a bug was over there, but then your mind told you that it was on the inside of your fucking glasses. <laughs> and I just remember all three of us just crying, laughing, driving home at this, at, at just just the whole fucking situation. And that was like that was like every weekend of my life for like um, probably like two and a half, three years. Every single fucking weekend and we used to go in to uh this there was this club in uh this bar in chelsea they, oh boy yeah well I, I dude i was such a baby face that was the only place where you get served right so it's a rough place yeah it, well yeah it was it was yeah and they were like selling uh fucking blow out of there so they didn't give a fuck if you look like you were 12 years old like i was when i go up to our, uh, order my my vodka collins it was like the only how drink. old were you um, I wasn't of age, like 19 or 20, probably 20. And I would go in there and I just remember one time standing outside that bar and there was this fucking dude who looked like Rob Halford from fucking Judas Priest, just fucking totally gacked out of his fucking mind, standing in front of his motorcycle. And he was telling this story about riding his bike and his, and his drug thing, he got stuck he just kept saying, I'm going around the apex. I'm going around the apex. I am going around the apex, right? And I'm fucking hammered. <laughs> and I'm like making fun of the guy in front of him to my buddy. I'm looking at my buddy and I'm so shit faced. I'm going, going around the apex. I'm going around the apex. And he's hitting me because the guy's staring at me. Oh. Yeah, no, it was, it was <clears throat> a, uh, and I didn't understand, like, because I never did coke. So I didn't understand what was going on. <laughs> I'm going to leave it at that. I didn't understand what was going on. But all I know is I just seemed to be the guy that wanted to go home first. <laughs> I'll leave it at that. That was a fucking dangerous place. Boston was dangerous. No, I, had, I this is when I figured out what the fuck was going on. It was one time I went into the bathroom by myself to take a leak. And it was one of those things you walk in, there was a sink, there was a stand-up urinal, and then there was a, a, a stall, which just had one toilet. And I walked in and there was two fucking legs guys in there. And I was like, what the fuck are those guys doing? Right? So... <laughs> My dick's already out and I'm taking a piss and they open like the, the thing because it didn't have a latch opened up and they had like the, they were doing blow and I, I, I was taking a piss because it was weird. There was two guys in there and I kind of glanced over as I'm already pissing. I look over and this guy's all fucking hammered. Look like a little werewolf. He's like, what the fuck are you looking at? And I was just like, pee, pee. <laughs> <laughs> didn't wash my hands after that one. No, there was a, lo there was a lot. Of, I don't know why. Because a lot of like, 
like easy targets really got hit and, and I was beyond an easy target. And somehow I just never, I, I you know, I you never asked. I, yeah, I did. I did. Cause I, I would have got really, uh, I was not as tough as my friends were. My friends were fucking lunatics, you know, but I, my, you know, my, my grade was cool, but like the grade above me and grade below me, they were like some fucking, they were crazy. crazy but I talked kids. to friends that grew up in other places. They, they, would say, they, they didn't have the same amount of fight stories. I think Boston is a particularly fighty place. <laughs> fighty. You know what I'm saying? I, I don't know what... Yeah, I, there was something going on. But I mean, I think a lot of those East... Like New York and... Ah, oh, fuck, this thing's going out. Um, a lot of those... Uh, like, I, I find the people in, like, New England, Long Island, mm -hmm. tri-state area, it's all sort of the same... Savages. Savage children of immigrants. That's what it is. Yeah, but you go out to the Midwest, and that's like German, a lot of Slavic people, Polish people. So, I mean, that's... I don't know what... I think they just had more space out there, so it wasn't <laughs> as intense. You weren't so, like, packed yeah, in. Yeah, you're in a cornfield. There's something about Boston, though, in particular. I think even more so than New York. Boston was just a lot of fights, man. My boxing coach got his finger bitten off on a fight. He was on PCP. This guy bit his finger off, and uh, he had his toe removed, and replaced yeah, his finger with a toe. Did I tell you this? No, I remember they, that was that was the move yeah. back then. So he had it curved permanently, so that he could still throw right hooks. So his uh, his when you would shake his hand, he would always give you one of these. He was like, Yeah, hey, I knew a done? guy from Boston too. He had this weird looking nose, and some guy. It bit it, bit it off and had oh, it reattached. This guy's lost ears, dude. Yeah. That's why I'm saying why, you mm -hmm. know, right around sixth grade, I was just like, yeah, this is like becoming <laughs> blood sport. Like, <laughs> I think I'm gonna try to be funny here, but yeah, there was a lot of, um, but there's also a lot of, you know, f the sports scene back in Boston is just, uh, well, was, hockey was, was insane. Well, uh, hockey, yeah, though, and because it, and, hockey was big in Boston, and hockey is the only sport that involves actual fights. It's the only sport where fighting is a part of the sport. I'm reading this book right now. I'm reading like I got three sports books I'm reading right now, right? I'd I read a few in that lines and then I'm reading a couple chapters over here and I'm reading this one called uh Bartnick gave it to me, the uh called The Code. And it breaks down for anybody who never understood why there was fighting, which I never quite understood either. I just knew I liked it. Um it's it's and how the players have to police the game. I, I I'm not far enough into the book, but it's it's really eye-opening like what goes on out there these and they have all these these enforcers talking about it like you go sometimes you had to fight sometimes guys would just skate out they put them out just the guy being out on the ice sometimes he'd say something like hey we don't settle it down out here boys somebody's gonna get hurt a guy would just say that and then people like all right okay all right let's fucking sticks back down everybody play uh, old-time hockey whatever the fuck you were supposed to do all-star hockey and um just as far and then as far as like how there's this whole code of, and there's all these, there's like, you know, the heavyweights, like a heavyweight only fucks with a heavyweight unless some middleweight is doing some shit and you gave him a warning and he didn't, then he has to take a fucking beating. And if he doesn't take the beating and turtles up, that means one of his fucking teammates is going to get the beating and then he's going to be a fucking asshole in the locker room. I mean, it is, it is this whole web of fascinating shit because everybody just looks at the sport and they just think, oh, drop gloves, fucking beat the shit up. There's a whole... Code. fucking thing that that is going on out there that actually because of that it keeps the game safer which i don't 
understand. <laughs> I don't understand. I don't understand it either, but I just think it's fascinating that there's this one sport where it's okay to fight. Like, Joe, no, what are you no talking about? The sport that. you do. That's all they do is fight. But that's the whole sport. That's the sport itself. But there's no fighting in basketball. There's agreed upon fighting in hockey that doesn't exist in any other sport where everybody backs off and these guys go no, at lacrosse. It. You can do it in lacrosse. Who the fuck plays professional lacrosse? I, I don't know, but I wouldn't want to is say that. I wouldn't want to say that to one of them. <laughs> this, big guys. this full fucking cage. I wouldn't say that. But well, those then, guys are savages for no what reason. What about the cross country skiers? And all of a sudden, they got a rifle. And they're doing like they're oh. at a gun range. I mean, <laughs> that's different. That's that stupid. Fucking what is that? That's not the decathlon. You know what? what that's that like that's like Tex Mex, Tex Mex food. Right. Asian infused <laughs> fucking <laughs> americana. That's all it is. It's just people. People are, are you know <laughs> doing their version of cross country skiing. Like yeah. that's like. Yeah. I like that cross-country skiing where you then shoot. That's like the beginning of a lot of James Bond things. They always seem to be in the snow. Yeah. Well, the whole idea is the elevated heart rate. It's hard to control your shot. Because I think they're supposed to shoot off-handed, too. You know, they're not supposed to have a rest. I know. See, I don't know shit about hunting, and that's the thing that I always, that I lived for on the hunting shows. What? Was when the guys, after the kill... And then they just be, oh man, I was so scared. I was yeah. just saying all this fucking shit, and it's. So, I get it if you're shooting like a lion. It's a nerve wracking thing because you don't want to fuck up, and you know it's like because people life. are going to make fun of you. No, because you're going to hurt an animal. You don't want to wound the animal. You want to kill it. You want to kill it cleanly. It's, and you have to keep it together while you're you're pulling the trigger on an animal. You're going to end its life. It's very nerve wracking. Well, can't you just give them the second one? Second bullet? Oh, I, you're saying if he runs away and then yeah. thing suffers. You, if you nick it, you know, you shoot it in the leg or something like that, it's very likely it's going to get away and die slowly and get eaten by coyotes or something. Ugh. It's really bad. Dude, I got one for you. Because you got me watching <laughs> those fucking videos Which of ones? animals eating. Other. First of all, I love bears, but I can't watch them kill anything because they Did don't. you see the recent one? They the don't, bear I took know, down I, the buffalo They don't kill it. Why, why won't they kill oh, it? killed it. Well, they just they they kill it because they start eating it before it's dead. Yeah, they just hold it down and start eating. Yeah, that's what bears do. Yeah. I got one for you. Okay, have you watched the praying mantises videos? Oh, yes, I have. Do you see the one where the praying mantis eats the lizard and tries to eat him? Uh, well, he because he fucking alligator armed it. He was like, "I'm gonna kill you." What is this? He kind of did the little flicky. He gave him a little jab, and then that thing just grabbed him. He was like. Ah, what the yeah, fuck? Yeah, he like and then starts, licked at him. Like then he was started, gonna, yeah, but if, eating if, his jaw. But if he let his hands go, as you guys say, with his tongue, I think he could have pulled that thing in and crushed him. No, no. A, a praying mantis is so fucking strong. They're so much stronger than you would imagine them being because they have these little stick arms. Yeah, that I watched one eat a yeah. hummingbird. Oh, yeah, yeah. They eat all kinds of shit. They eat everything that they can get a hold of. We're lucky they're little. Praying mantises are amazing. I fucking love those little things. They're they're crazy. What they can do to uh, a bird or a, something much larger than the lizard was the most impressive, because the lizard thought it was going to eat him, and the thing was totally immobilized. Yeah, it was like it reminded me of watching the shit that you say. Well, he's passed his guard. Yeah, now he's going for this. That thing was just like oh, it's exactly what? like that because the the their clamp is so. It's like if somebody got you in a darse. It's the same thing. If someone gets like a like this grip and then cinches it up to a darse choke. You're like trapped in there. That's what it was like. He was there. It is. This is poor fuck. Look, he thinks he's gonna get him, and he's like, "Bitch, you ain't getting nothing." But look how he holds his yeah. mouth open, and then he's like, "Oh, dude, I, I hate. I feel the so strength." But this lizard get he gets away. He gets away for a second. But this is what's for crazy. For a second? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look at the, yeah. Ah! And then, and then 
He starts eating ah. his mouth. He just starts slowly pulling apart. I know what he's doing, Joe. I know what he's doing. I love it. Have you ever seen uh, Praying Mantis versus a murder hornet? You know, everybody's afraid of murder hornets. Look at him. He's like, fuck, what did you do to my face? Oh, Jesus. He's like in pain. He's shaking it off. And the praying mantis is like, bitch, I'm not done with you yet. Like he's in agony and he's spazzing around. And the praying mantis just locks onto him again and slowly starts pulling him apart. And at the end, he's dead. He just starts eating his brain. Look at that. They just can pull that skin apart and bite right through it. But it thinks so much bigger than him. That's like you eating a cow. That's like you holding a cow down. I, I wouldn't head. do that to Look at that. He's eating his fucking brain. Lizard's dead as fuck. Well, that, that part's not a problem for me right here because now it's dead. Yeah, but it died this way. I know it did. That was the part I wanted I to love avoid. it. I'm a big fan of the praying mantis. I like their technique. <clears throat> hey, I'm oh. not going to begrudge what they do. <laughs> I, just, I don't need to Pull see. Pull the, the video of the grizzly uh, taking down the buffalo. It was only two days ago. It was in Yellowstone. It linked me to a 30-minute video of it just fucking up all sorts of animal or Praying mantis? Yeah. I'll put that on. Oh, by the way, there's so many fucking people. Here it goes. What's this? What's he fucking up this one? All kinds of things. Leaf bug. What is that? That's a leaf bug, I think. Oh, wow. What a weird looking creature. Uh, Oh, the praying mantis is pink. He's he's camouflaged himself. Oh, wow. Now he's the color of the leaf bug. Yeah, this is a good 10 million views on this praying mantis video. They're amazing animals, man. What were you going to say? What were you mad about? (laughs) I, I wasn't mad about anything. I was just like. I, I, you know, I love bears, right? Yes. I love when they ride the bikes at the fucking circus, <laughs> right? <laughs> I love I, bears. <laughs> I love when they ride the bike at the circus. Oh. This is my thing about that. What did they have to do to that bear? When you see what this thing can do to a bison, what did they do to that bear to get him to get on a fucking bicycle? Give him food. That's how they train him. Is that how you did it? I've never you got a bear before. in the back. You just, just the confidence, the way you said that. Because I've seen them Have train you, them. I've seen them train bears. Yeah, they can train. Are bears you one to of those guys who doesn't need any sleep? Like of all the random <laughs> fucking things, no, I've seen it. Uh, this is the one with the bear. Okay, freaks okay. Out. Oh, with the no, whi- the just, whip, that little whip there. He's just on a bike. I don't think he freaks out. I don't think he's beaten the bear. I'll tell you right now, that guy's not dressed to get a fucking to be attacked by a bear. No. Well, the bear's got a muzzle on. And it's a little ass bear, but bear is still Dude, fuck, fuck you, man. Fuck you. They got the they got the Freddy Krueger claws. <laughs> <laughs> on all, he got four of them. He's on a Vespa now. Look at that. Wow. I mean, can you humiliate a bear even more? He's got to wear that frilly outfit now. You got him on. A, didn't give him a motorcycle. You're the one who's a big fan of the bears riding bikes. I was joking. Uh, me too. I was joking. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't know. Maybe the I bear actually, should have a mask I on. actually watched a whole training video of how, like, that's, where do you find, what part of the internet are you on? Well, I don't know. I was, I was trying to figure out why people are, what the fuck? That guy's got a giant grizzly bear on the back of his and bike. Playing a horn. And it's, and it's playing a trumpet. Because he's got any volume on this trumpet? Let me hear this. Oh. Up. Back it up there. Hello. That sounds the best. This person that's filming this is an idiot. You think it can't break out of that seatbelt and just... <laughs> just <laughs> Did you see the bear flipping him off? And that thing has on a fucking lap belt. Yeah, what is the bear doing? He's just... Like Imagine, like this got to be Russia, right? I mean, the only way they would allow this is in Russia. Yeah. Yeah, look at the language in the back of that truck. He's it yelling at the fucking traffic. Look at, Jesus look at, Christ, let's fucking go! Size of that fucking thing. My God. 
just throwing his arms up, just thinking about ripping a person apart. No, he is. Yeah, he's thinking like I used to be in the woods, could fucking eat whatever I wanted. The weird thing about bears is if you train them when they're young, they're like almost like dogs. They become your buddy. They're, Listen, it's weird. The Those day people somebody that tells them, that bear that it's riding, bitch, that guy fucking, <laughs> <laughs> that guy riding the motorcycle is gonna, <laughs> it's gonna be in trouble. He's riding on the side cart. Yeah, he's gonna be in trouble. Remember those side carts? <laughs> Whatever happened to those? You, don't, you never see those. A motorcycle with a side cart. You ever see the racing? No, they do side cart racing. Side car racing. And when they go around a turn, okay, and it's on the side where the guy's riding. The side is lifted up. That guy, he has to stand up. Dude, they're going like, I don't know how many fucking miles an hour. He has to stand up and lean over all the way over on this side of the bike because of the weight of the sidecar so plus his weight. So it doesn't So it doesn't. Yeah, and they can go through the turn at a higher <sighs> speed. I mean- it's bad enough when you're the guy in the car with the map. You ever seen those when they have two two drivers? <laughs> yeah, the one guy's yelling, turn and 100 yards, left, leg, yeah. right, left. Yeah, those are those rally drivers, right? I never understood yeah. that. Do you know what they're doing? They're yelling out directions of the road, right? But they have notebooks that tells them, like, what what's the next turn, next turn right, next I turn left. I would guess that the course is yeah. so long that they, they can't memorize it. Mm. Or maybe it's just through a yeah. fucking town. No, it must be. Yeah. This is sidecar He's racing. On the back of some, the driver, I believe. Cause see how he moves over. There. Boy, they're going fast as fuck. They're going really fast. Oh my god! You're the one who turned me on to those bike races in the Isle of Man. I was supposed to go to that this year. Oh, you would be side on the side? Oh no, 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 no fucking no. way! No, no. I, I planned to, to befriend some people in town with a balcony. Even then, like God knows, some part of the bike could come. Flying up with uh, I want to go to that before they outlaw it. And, Do you think they uh, outlawed? Just because people die every year? More people have died than years they've had it. Whoa! And it's still like, look at these motherfuckers. Yeah, this they is are this is so insane. so more than one person dies every year. Well, That's what that would well, mean, right? Basically, yeah, well, average. Yeah, and I think way back in the day, way more people died. Like the safety equipment is much better, but as you see, they're going by brick walls and trees, and like, <laughs> there's just no. Jesus Christ. When you say safety equipment, like what are, what the fuck kind of safety equipment is going to save you here? They, yeah, well, they have an airbag, which is a really amazing piece of technology, whereas you fall, it, it can tell when you've let go of the bike and you're falling like instantaneously, and it, it protects your- uh, Organs? Yeah, but obviously your brain's in the fluid, so it doesn't oh. protect that. Um, I, I tell you, the, but the best racing out there, MotoGP, is the shit. It's better than this? Um... Well, I don't know. I, I th yeah, I would actually sit because I like the passing. There's so much passing. With, kind of like with Formula One, where, where the Mercedes and Ferrari are just so much better than everybody else. It kind of comes down to the two of them. And every year, since I've been watching since 2015, so I'm new to the sport. Italian GP right here. Yeah, so that's Davizioso, Mark Marquez, I believe. You know these guys? Yeah. Wow. So Mark Marquez, <laughs> the guy in second place, is like, he, he's the Jordan of the sports right Really? Uh, Davizioso is actually in third. I don't know who's in, in first. So those uh, that's a Ducati, a Honda Ducati, and I think a Suzuki. Do you so ride? I did for three months out here. I always wanted to ride. My parents would never let me. So finally out here, I took a motorcycle safety course. I got my license and everything. And then I, I had a bike for like two months. And it was just, it's LA is not the place to learn how to ride. And everyone was texting while driving. Uh, you want to go to Wyoming. I think I want to get a dirt bike. Mm. Um, 
But this is the type of shit, like with this racing, what I like is like three or four races last year on the final lap, there was like two guys that would pass each other like four or five times. Um, like that shit right there. So then you try to come on the brakes, the, the, the latest on the brakes, but not overshoot the turn. I mean, there's just so much shit that's you sort of learn as you're watching it. I still don't know shit about it, but these guys are, are fucking incredible. Would you be into going to a track, learning how to ride on a track? That seems like the Abs- safest way to do it. Absolutely. That, that is the way to do it. And then wear all of that gear and then have fun and you can like open up. I, uh, Dean sent me a video today. This guy in a Porsche that could go 200 miles an hour. But he fucking does it on a highway, and it's just like, you're going to kill somebody or kill yourself. It's like, take that yeah. thing to the track. Yeah, don't do that. And, and God forbid you hit some debris. Oh. What's, you know, what's going to happen to your car? Like you, uh, I just think, I think there's a lot of people that buy high-performance shit that go into a track either is not available, it doesn't enter their mind. Like something like myself, like it wasn't until I started watching racing, I kind of learned a little bit about it. I'm like, oh, there's like a track, you know, out in the Inland Empire. You know, there's there's a day where the like the general public can come down and mm-hmm. or, or whatever you can pay to rent the track, and it's kind of like you know a lot of these guys you see driving around in Ferraris. If you ever the only time I ever drove a Ferrari was I drove one on a track and it was fucking unbelievable, like how hard you could stomp on the brakes without mm-hmm. the thing locking up, and you're trying to impress the guy you're riding with, and you think you just want to be like flooring it and blah blah blah. And what you really want to be doing is smoothly going around. The the smoother you go both, you know, on the gas and braking, then it, it becomes like this really, like, finesse thing where it looks like you just grab it by the fucking throat and, and you know, like I said, I only did it one time, but, like, I, I immediately learned that, like, well, made me appreciate what they were doing a lot more. Plus, I only went around five times and my fucking brain was like... <laughs> the G-Force and all yeah, that. Yeah, like, I, I almost felt a little bit... Uh, like I'm not sick, I just felt a little fucked up. Like, I think, yeah, I'm going to sit down here for a couple of seconds... Not say it to any of the guys I'm driving with. Hi, hey, fine, fine. I could do that all day. Jamie, pull up a uh, Porsche rally driving. The dirt road Porsche drivers. That's those are the guys that are reading left, right, left, right, right, left. They have like a, a notebook. You need a driver next to you that's got a notebook. That that looks like a lot of fun. Apparently, that's a great way to learn how to really drive too. Is on the dirt. Same with dirt bikes because the you know you slide a lot. So you learn how to counter steer and you learn how to how to handle the weight out back. Like as it's kicking out, right. you learn how to counter it. I have this weird thing where I am fascinated by machines and I want to everything that I see. I want to learn how to drive it or fly it or whatever. But I'm not a speed guy. Like I'm just not into like. Because like, you're smart. Going fast is, I, I don't know. It's I, dangerous. I, I like chilling. Yeah, these guys. See the guys, there's the guy with the book. This is a regular road. Look how fucking, so it's got a digital thing telling him what gear he's in. And here's what fascinates me is the trust between those two guys. Oh, yeah. Like Look this guy, this guy is driving like a fucking lunatic and this guy's looking down at his paper. <laughs> you know when your friend starts driving like a lunatic, you're looking at him going, dude, dude, slow down, slow down. This is a road. People and trees and cars and houses on both sides. This guy's flying down this fucking road, and he's going sideways all the time. You see him counter steering all the time. We see his ass end kick out, like all the time. Yeah, it's amazing. Oh my god! And how are these fucking people that are so confident they can stand on the side of the road while these maniacs are fucking? I used to think racing was just this stupid, mindless thing, and now I think it's one of the coolest sports out there. 
Oh, it's a very cool sport. It's very. I like driving cars just to feel the mechanical, just the gears moving and all the things that are happening. I have a, a an old Porsche, a '93. That's uh, no power steering. It doesn't have a radio. It doesn't have anything. That's awesome. And it's all air cooled, so it sounds like <laughs> it's really mechanical. Have you ever seen it? I'll show it to you after we're Is done. That that red one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I wish I, like I had the that. key with me here. I'd let you drive it. It's fun as fuck, but it's not fast. Doesn't, it's not. It's the slowest car I have, but it's fun. It's right. so fun to drive. Like you feel everything. You feel every bump. You, 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 there's no nothing between you and the wheels in terms of steering. There's no right. power. You're steering the wheel all by your hand. It's really hard to steer. It's not that safe either. Yeah. Like, you can't make quick turns. Like you got to really muscle that motherfucker. I'm like I'm into the, like. Look at these guys. Yeah. Oh Jesus Christ. But when I drive, look at these fucking crazy assholes standing like, by with this I like guys. the guy with the propeller hat. He's just like, yep, I'm a fucking idiot. I'm look enjoying at, this, though. Look at the fucking height, and this guy catches the ground with two wheels. Oh, my God. Does it land good? It does land good. That's amazing. Um, but I drive that car to the comedy store. It's my If I want to do, like, if uh, I'm really working on something or I really want to be jazzed up for a set, I'll take that car to the comedy store. Because it's so loud and fucking smoky and <laughs> everything's like your whole body, you feel it. You, you're like, you're excited when you get there. It's like you're on a stimulant. Yeah, you know? no, it's, it's, uh, it's fun, man. Like oh, all of that I stuff. Them. Um, Woo, look at these guys. You Jesus should like, Christ. you know, since the last time I did this, this show, I got to finally fly uh, an A-Star, which was uh, what the cops and the uh, news guys fly. And that oh. was that was the coolest thing. A-Star helicopter, we should tell people. Is is the coolest thing I've ever flown as far as like um, just the power it had compared to what I, you know, I fly these little fucking egg beaters or whatever, but like, well, I did until all that bullshit happened. Um, but uh, I got one of the last flights I did I got to fly a buddy of mine who was training me to get my instrument. Like I passed the test. Um, and then after you pass the test, you have two years. So I still have two years. I have to December of next year to pass it. So I got to finish that part of it. You know, did we do a podcast since you took me up? Have you done one since you took me up? I think flying? we did. I think we did. Yeah. Did we Jamie? Yeah. Fuck. That was fun. We went over downtown LA and you realize how many of those buildings have helicopter spots on the top. Yeah. That was fun, man. It's just it's crazy to me that with a helicopter you could just kind of go wherever you want to go. Yeah, you just fucking float around, just it's go like wherever you want to go. You can just yeah. stop. It, it's but what, but then what it is is you give up speed. Yeah, for that design, you give up. There's all kinds of drag and just the way it's designed for what it, they, you want to do with it. You give up speed. So I get envious of planes where even if you get like a Cessna, like they can just fly. Though I mean, I think even like the some of the smaller ones can fly faster than the some of the faster hell. I mean, you'd have to have like an eight million dollar helicopter. Maybe that could fly faster. But anything that I've fucked with, you can't come anywhere near. Like most of them, 120, 130 knots, and then it depends on headwind or tailwind. What's a knot to a mile an hour? Well, it's it's like it depends on how uh, the wind, because you can literally be flying 90 knots and have like a fucking 50. No, not not what I fly, but a significant headwind. Um, this is all shit you have to know in the test, and the second you you take the test you fucking i forget but um you'll actually be going slower i've had times like especially out like in like palm desert and stuff where there's like a venturi with the way the mountains are and when the fucking the wind comes in which can be really fucking scary um as far as how it throws you around you're looking down at the highway with what i fly and they're going faster than you and you're just sitting there like <laughs> and then that's when it sucks 
Because also with a helicopter, you 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 the whole t- you can't just like take your hands off of shit. Right. So you have to you you're literally it's like your Porsche like you're you know like I'm imagining like uh, trying to parallel park that car even Ugh. though it's a lighter car it's a nightmare I have a '68 Ford F100 when I first had it I didn't have power steering dude and it was just like I mean I remember when you brought that thing to the ice house that thing is the shit yeah I love that old truck uh, that's kind of my thing I like the trucks and then I like uh, old like not pimp cars like. The guy who is a pimp, but he's not a pimp. Like, like, you know what I mean? Like, not literally a pimp. He doesn't have a stable of bitches, but he's crushing life. Like, I like that car. Like, uh, like if I was going to get another car, I would get a 67 Cadillac Eldorado. Oh. And it's actually the color that I loved that was in that the Tarantino movie, but somebody was selling one. And I swear to God, if it, by the time I saw the YouTube video, it was already sold. I would have bought that fucking car. It's the most gangster man's car like, just the, the back end of that car, it's its perfection. I absolutely love that fucking car. That's a beautiful car. 67 yeah. Eldorado. Would you get a convertible or a regular? No, I hate convertibles. Do you really? All convertibles? Uh, yeah, I kind of, I gotta, I'm a little sexist with the convertible. There's one convertible that I like, the one that I have, the 65 Corvette. There no, no, that, no that, that, that's, that's a 70. No, no, that's... that's uh, what year is that? It's it's the car that the, the, the woman playing uh, Margot... What's her name? Margot Robbie. There it is. There it is. There it is. There it is. Right there. The, uh, looks like it's green there, but it, I think it was a uh, blue. Not that one. No, not that one. Over uh, the guy with the suspenders, right to the left of that. Uh, yeah. That one there. That car. Oh wow. You got to see the back what end of that, that car. That um, that's a late the '67 or '68 or something like that. But the back end. Look up '67 uh, Cadillac Eldorado rear end. This is what I do while you're learning how to train a uh, fucking bear to ride a bicycle. I look at this shit. <laughs> oh, wow. Click on that first one. Click on the first one. We can see a little bit of the side of the car. I mean, look at that. That's beautiful. That is beautiful. You need one of those in your life, Bill. I do. I need you driving one of those. This is what I love about my wife. As I'll show her that. I go, what do you think about that? She's like, that's a fucking good looking car. And she would be cool if I got something like that, I think. For sure. Look yeah. at that, but look at that color. I'm too fair-skinned to drive that. You need olive skin no, no, or no, more. No. You could pull it off. You could pull it off. You need one of them paperboy hats, though. No, that, <laughs> that, thing would, that thing would fucking... <laughs> that thing would blend too much in with my beard. <laughs> <laughs> I just look like it'd be the ginger mobile. What um, color would you get? There, uh, there's a year they got... There's a, there's a blue that they have. Um... It's not that blue. It's That's more. It's blue. more of a. Oh, look at that red one. Click on that red one in the middle. <gasps> but look at the front end of that. When your lights are flipped out, look oh at that thing. Oh my god! Look how good that looks in red. That's a fucking beautiful car. Oh. But the lines on that car. That's just like. And then that's the kind of. I mean, you're not going to smoke a cigar driving down the street riding that fucking you thing. You have to. Yeah. That's beautiful. I think I'm going to get one. Get one. I know. Where am I going to put it? Then I'm going to be that guy with the fucking garage. Put it here. You can park it here. I'll give you a key. I got plenty uh, of room. Hey, all right. Dude. This is why you're the number one podcast in the world. I'm trying to help people. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to encourage uh, irresponsible behavior. Yeah, and if you continue to own your podcast, you can buy something like that. And if you don't, your fucking agent will buy that. Dun, dun, dun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love them. I love Cadillac convertibles, too, though. I don't like um, muscle car convertibles after a certain... Like mine... Uh, that Corvette that I have out there, you've mm-hmm. seen that silver one. Yeah, I love that in a convertible. 
But that has a aftermarket suspension and aftermarket frame. It's I've not, seen, I've seen all those a, cars. I, the the fact that the old ones, those frame, it's too there's too much bounce, there's too much shake and wiggle. You have mm -hmm. to have like a an aftermarket chassis. It's far stiffer. They make it so that it's like very very rigid. It doesn't bounce around nearly as much. Yeah, then they used to make better. like a, a sway bar or something that you would put in there. Because I know in my truck when I take a turn, I have to grab underneath the seat and hang on <laughs> so I don't slide into the door. <laughs> they can upgrade your coilovers and stuff like that and put a better suspension on I, it so it handles. A little I have bit a nice balance of a little bit of modern on it and still fighting it so you feel like because it still shifts on the column which right. I think is badass but yeah. then when I get on the highway I gotta stay in the right lane you know three on the tree right yeah do you have disc brakes on it do you swap disc brakes out I had uh, it It had it had just the shoes on it and then the drums the drum brakes yeah and then I uh, converted those Christopher Titus helped me with those and um, then what did I do after that I switched out the radiator because they tended to run hot, so they put an aluminum one in. And um, what else did we do to it? Titus pa used to have power brakes and then uh, power steering. Titus used to have a sweet. I think it was a '55 Chevy that they made for him on the show rides. It was incredible. Oh, that Chip Foose car, right? Yeah, I think Chip Foose made it. Yeah, it was incredible though. Just I don't know if he still has it. He might have lost it when he got divorced and all that jazz. But it was no, I think he got it back. Did he? I think he got it back. But I, 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 I like those. Find it. Christopher Titus. Is I like those, uh, those resto mod cars. It's, it's sort of the perfect. There it is. There it is. Look at that fucking thing. Yeah, God, that's pretty wild. Damn, that is a work of art. God, it's beautiful. That's it's all very modified too. Fifty six Bel Air, custom for by Chip Foose. Go down, Jamie, into that one on the left hand right there with Titus right there. I think that's him. Yeah, look at that. Fuck. I mean, that's a badass car. Fuck. That is incredible. Yeah. That car is incredible. Like, when do you, like, look at that or drive that and not smile? Yeah. That's what I, 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 I don't know. I, I like also, I, I'm into those cab over engine fucking trucks. I like weird What's shit. What's a cab too. over engine? What is that? Look those up. Those are, those were the trucks, um... Uh, 40s and 50s, and the reason why they had that was there was some weird law where they didn't want trucks to get too long. So then that affected the, the so they kept the tractor trailer long, and then they, they put the engine, it's cab over engine is what it stands oh, for. Oh, so the engine's below you while you're sitting there. Yeah, so if you look at some of the ones that people have fixed oh, up, they're fucking wild. That is wild. Look at that thing. Yeah. Wow. But the thing is, if you do a gig in like Wyoming, you can find an all original one just like sitting in like oh, junkyards and shit. Look at that fucking thing. God damn, that's beautiful. Like I always wish like one of those car shows like Fast and Loud, the ones that I've watched throughout the years, I always wish that somebody would do one of those. I had that guy on the podcast. He was awesome. Yeah. He brought his own tequila. Oh, there's another great one from when I was a kid. That that yellow one uh, down, that's a Ford. Yep. I love those because that was like the fire <laughs> engines looked like that thing. <laughs> But it's like, what would you do with it? But that, Drive around. That take thing. it to the store. <laughs> <laughs> it's for sale. Gateway classic cars. I know. But that's that's wow. like the dumb that's, shit. I like those. Uh, you like those kind of. The GMC uh, RV from Stripes. And, and you got to do it in, in the, the Palm Desert fucking, the, the, the Ron Burgundy green. You like very odd cars you have very yeah well odd... at first i think you you're into mustangs and you're into fucking like the gto's and the ones you're supposed to like yeah and then i'll, I'll ignore what you just did there We're done. um and then i mean look at that you got to get the interior on that fucking thing it's a scooby-doo mobile that's the mystery mobile 
No, they had a van. Mm. You, okay, uh, click on click on the one uh, you're on the right, the lower left, all the way to the lower left uh, uh, from the cluster on the right. Yeah, Is that it. Click on that fucking thing. No, that's not it. It's that the, one there. See, uh, no, the. Which one you want? It's the one. It's the best green one they have. Just click. There Ooh. it is. Look at that. Ooh, that's and inside, it looks like a Ron Burgundy suit. Like it's the green plaid type shit. Get a little humidor in there. Drive around, do some fun. Look at that. I mean, look at that. Come on, man. That's the fucking shit. So you like those old cars, like GTOs and Firebirds I, I like and all of those, like but like what I don't like about them is the baby boomers like them, and they have a zillion dollars. So then all of a sudden it's like, you know... This is a Mustang Shelby. We're going to start the bidding at $250,000. It's like, uh, oh, fuck yourself. So <laughs> I like, uh, you know, I like a 65 Ford Galaxy. That's what Frank Murphy, season four, Ephesus Family, that's what he drives. Uh, I like station wagons. Have you ever seen those Icon Thrift Masters? Do you know what that is? Um, Jonathan Ward, the guy from Icon, he takes uh, an old Thrift Master and uh, redoes it. The completely from the bottom up. It's the fucking most incredible car. It drives like a car, but the, look at that. It looks insane. Look uh, at that thing. They and they they do it from the bottom up, so it's all like modern brakes, modern suspension, beautiful interior. That's what I love. But then when you go in inside, I want it to look like the year that that truck was. Look at that silver one, the one that right above your cursor. Yeah, look at that. Yeah. Fucking yeah. A. I've seen actually. I looked that one. I. I accidentally came upon that one god that's beautiful i got another one it's a weird one look up gmc uh i always forget the name of these things were uh parade of progress that's what it's called i forget uh that's they would drive these things like elephants into town they were like a living room giant like truck slash rv thing the fuck are these things called yeah you got it. yeah look, that thing look at that fucking thing what the fuck? How do you even know about this? So, so the, the great thing is you open the door and there's like a spiral staircase where you, <laughs> you go up. And in there, what they usually had was back in the day because they would open it up what? on the side. They would, they would drive them in like elephants and make like a semicircle and people would walk in. What is they, that? I don't, what what, I don't know what they have in there. That's a, yeah, that's an airplane engine or something. Jetty. Why is there an airplane engine in the middle of that? I don't know because somebody... Oh, they customized it. Power for the air age. I think they were. Wow. The, it was this weird sort of uh, after World War II. See, there they are, the black and white. There they are, like driving it in, driving them into town. And look wow. at the steering wheel. You were right in the center, and there was like a little spiral staircase that you walked up. Because those things go for like, I, I forget how much, like two, three million bucks or something. Oh, that's really? 1936. It says Parade of Progress. So it shows you what look I know. Look at that motherfucker. Yeah, that's just Holy weird. Shit. That's so. That, that's what you want. One of those, a rolling podcast studio. <laughs> no, that shit is too weird. But I, I appreciate it. Like when you know that old BMW where the the whole front of the car opens up and you got a, the steering wheel like goes out, like disconnects and goes out with the front. Of I haven't the seen that one. All right, I just it would help if I knew the names of the cars. The steering wheel disconnects. Mm-hmm. BMW has said I just know Steve Urkel had it and Family Matters. That's why I know about it. <laughs> that's it? Yeah. That's how, look at this. So how you get in is you, you like open the front. Oh, yeah. Click on the red one. There it is. Yeah. Whoa. See, and there's the steering wheel. Oh, does it disconnect? There's something no, weird. No, it seems like the steering wheel stays put, oh, stays but there. it looks like it disconnects. That's well, maybe crazy. like it adjusts and comes back. You enter through the front. So if you get in the front 
end mm-hmm. collision, you got to kick the windows out to get out of the car. Yeah, and it's three wheels too. <laughs> There's one wheel. Get on Urkel. Yeah. Urkel, I forgot about Urkel. See his. Well, his came off in the car. I That's met him one time. He's like the coolest fucking guy ever. I heard he's really nice. I guess it bends over there. Do you see how it's turned down to the side? Oh, it bends, and then you step over it. Whoa. Yeah, I knew there was something. There wow. was something about the steering wheel. Yeah, there's a lot of weird shit out there. But you like weird stuff. You're not necessarily, like, you You. You, you know what this is like? to cool things. No, it's like if you get into music, if you really get into a band, like if you're into ACDC, right. can you really listen to You Shook Me All Night Long again? Okay, right, you're right. like, no, dude, you got to listen to What's Next to the Moon. Get it hot. Some mm-hmm, of that, you right. know, or like uh, COD. Mm-hmm. Like, I like, after a while, you just like, all right, you know, like I would say Shook Me All Night Long is the Mustang GT of ACDC songs. And it's just like, if you're out here, there's a zillion Mustangs. But it's like, you after a while, you want you want to see, you know, it's part of human beings. You want something a little bit different. It's a little different. It's cooler. Like, I kind of learned from Fast and Loud that the... Um, was it the Ford Falcon or something? It had the same chassis as the fucking Mustang, but like it's just a way cooler car because everybody goes for like the Mustang. You, I mean, mm. you don't want to you don't want to spend all that money and then some other fucking asshole shows up and he has one too. That doesn't like, bother me. Ah, uh, bugs me. It's, it's like it's like when you're in a comedy club and then if even if somebody just touches on the topic, you're like, ah, right. fuck, I can't talk about that. Yes, I get that. Because then it becomes like, oh, they all do that. I get that, but there's a reason why everybody loves Mustangs. I love them too. They're but fucking... I have this weird thing where I love the interior up to 66, but I like the back end on 60. Wait, were they... 67, 68? Yeah, yeah, I like that back end, oh, but yeah. I hate, but that's when they got the shit steering wheel. Like the steering wheel in, like, in, in the 60s looks like an old school steering wheel. And that one that they have in 67 or 68 was when they first came out with that one. That one starts to look like, oh, cars are going to get ugly now quickly. <laughs> The last muscle car that I like that that I that I, I vividly remember like the last year would probably be the '70 Camaro with like that shark nose front oh, tooth. Oh yeah, I like that. And then there's a few, there's a Buick Riviera, the boat tail from the early '70s that I like. Um, I'm really into those big two door sedan sort of like, uh, you know, he, he's his own man kind Buick of car. Riviera type oh deal. yeah, I love yes. those cars. I yeah. fucking love those cars. And um, you know. I'm trying to think, like, there's a few cars in the 80s. It really tapers off, though. But I like Ford trucks right up into 86. I didn't like when they did the first, that first design of the aerodynamic headlights. I didn't like. But then there was one in the early 90s, um, the one OJ had, that front end on his Bronco. That yeah. one is the shit. Yeah, I saw one yesterday. Exactly yeah. like like OJ's. Mm-hmm. Like, totally re- restored. I, I, I like muscle cars up into 71. 71 seems like the last year. Like, 71 Barracuda is still a really nice car. Mm-hmm. Then it gets into 72. They start looking sketchy. 73, they look sketchy. After well, the worst thing useless. was they kept the they kept the model name, and then it was just completely de-balled. Yes. Like when your friend starts going out with just some total cunt, and all of a sudden he can't hang out anymore. <laughs> like, there was that era. You know, the Mustang two Cobra. Oh, yeah. Once like they got shit. into the 80s with Mustangs, they were useless. The set, yeah. late late seventies, early eighties, and once the gas crisis hit, they started making economical Mustangs, Mustangs that didn't eat so much gas. They were yeah. useless. It's just a, it's a hard fall between if you go from sixty seven to seventy seven, it's like what the fuck happened to you? Then also the Mustang got all fat, like the Mach one and everything. It just, it was like, 
kind of got into its elvish years, you know, hey, <laughs> I'm the Mustang, I'm resting on my laurels here. Well, there's no pizzazz to them, you know, like late, late 70s, 79 Mustang. There's no pizzazz. This there's... is how bad it went. It became so quickly. If you watch like the, remember when they had the game show network? Mm -hmm. I used to love that because I, I, I was in, fascinated with prices. You know, and like they would be like, uh, like they actually tried to pass off a Chevy Vega as a sports car. Really? And these people were losing their minds. And I remember the Chevy Vega, like a lot of like, you know, guys who knew shit about cars back in the day, they would try to like jam Corvette engines into them because mm -hmm. they couldn't afford a Corvette. So they, but they knew about, you know, how to build cars and stuff. So there was Vegas always, were real light too. Yeah, there was always somebody had one of those, like an El Camino up on blocks. Yeah. I'm going to finish that someday, man. Yeah, and the El Camino is a rare breed of person that wants a pickup truck that's fucked a Chevelle. That's really what it right. is. It's like a Chevelle front end. It looks good in the front, and then you get to the back, like, oh. And then I, and then the early, the 80s. Look at that. Look at that Vega. Yeah, that was considered sporty. That was back before girls had butts. Um, well, girls with butts didn't get put on TV. Not funny. Yeah, they, that's another amazing thing. Like, how do we? What? What? What happened when we realized? Was it Sir Mix a lot? Like, what yeah. woke us up? Yeah, he he made the ass mainstream. I'm gonna give him credit. Might have been. Before that, who else was it? Like, it was what? all about tits. Yeah, Some... white guys were running shit, and it was about tits. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. It was all about titties. <sighs> Something happened. Something happened, and it became uh, asses became really important but then i deal. think like yeah because now the fake ass i think is probably more prevalent than the fake titty. like remember by the 90s was like sort of the apex of the fake titty you'd uh -huh. watch porn and the tit almost looked like bloodshot there'd be like veins on the oh. side like they'd stretch the skin you see all, oh yeah that's that was right. really bad that was a really yeah. bad you have uh, fat bottom girls before that but yeah. It wasn't much before it, but, but yeah, that but was I don't just think a song. I don't think. Yeah, they didn't. He was still Freddie Mercury prancing yeah. around in the video. I think. Yeah, good song though. Yeah, what was it? Like where? Who was like? No, it wasn't Jennifer well, Lopez. God wasn't bless, known for God the first bless big him, ass. Because I was always an ass man. Always, I yeah. just felt like that was the nucleus of a woman. If she had a nice ass, the rest of her body was going to be nice. I didn't <laughs> give a shit. He got eight cup tasty. Great. They won't be hanging on your fucking knees when I'm 50. <laughs> Bald, smoking a cigar, doing a podcast. <laughs> it's weird, though, that the, sh like, the shape caught on. It's very strange. Like the, what, what's what, what guys are attracted to changed. Well, I think because white people were so dominant with fucking owning everything that their idea of beauty became... The standard and just right, but generally white speaking, guys' idea of beauty changed too. That's what's strange. It's like I would say it's somewhere Yo MTV raps somewhere around there. <laughs> just making up shit somewhere around there. I'm gonna give Ed Lover and the other Dr. Dre credit. I think it's it happened around the same time girls lost their pubes. Because when we were in high school, all everyone had pubes. Even in college, everyone had pubes. The apex of pubes was the 70s. You, yeah, you, but in you the were, 80s you were, they had you, it too. But you were proud of your pubes in the 70s. In the 70s. Yeah. Dude, I remember like you'd go to the fucking public pool and the chicks had like the bikini. There was like shit coming out the sides. <laughs> and I remember thinking when I was a little kid, like, oh my God, you can see your pubes. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, pubes were hot. Yeah. Now pubes are disgusting. There was muffs. 
Yeah, if you're a girl and you got a full bush now, you're a dangerous woman. But then I would say that that was probably Dr. J in the ABA crossing over, made women proud of their muffs. <laughs> what? Just my joke. I mean, there's no research. We just started talking. <laughs> just making this up. But there's a, there is a clear shift that happened. It's just like, what happened? What, what made that clear shift? Porn caused the people to get rid of the pubes. That's definitely what happened because porn led the way. They they trimmed the pubes first, and then everybody trimmed the pubes. And now then it's it universal. went too far. Yeah, now no one has that, pubes. No, then it went too far. Yeah, too and, far. Yeah, you like a little bush. Yeah, little I would bit. like. Yeah, you should look like a woman. Yeah, yeah, not like a cancer patient. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> listen, if you're banging me, I'm just happy. <laughs> happy you showed up. God bless you. Take it on for the team. Yeah, you can find beauty in everything. But when I was a kid, I mean, everyone had pubes. It was a thing. It is a that's a weird, weird moment in our our culture that we all just decided pubes are disgusting. I think more that they need to be maintained. Yes. If there's going to be a camera an eighth of an inch from it, <laughs> and then <laughs> <laughs> gynecological. Yeah. So. So what's this movie you did? Uh, I did this movie. It's called The King of Staten Island. Uh, Judd Apatow, Pete Davidson. Look at your mustache. Oh, yeah. Oh, you need one of those in your life. Why don't you grow one of those? Um, Keep it. It was really annoying to eat with because Club Soda Kenny told me, because I, 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 he was the guy I was saying, am I doing this, this right here? Because there's a whole way to grow it where it's like, he goes, all right. He goes, if you're going to do the cop fireman one, he goes, the hair has to go over the over your top lip. Hmm. And Kenny had all these great old IDs from when he was a cop. And um, What is this yeah. movie about? It's uh, it's sort of autobiographical um, of Pete Davidson's life where he's playing a kid whose dad is a firefighter who died in a fire. It's not 9-11 like Pete's real dad. Um, and it's basically his mom hasn't dated. They just sort of froze which i I, you know i think was something that kind of happened in in his family and then all of a sudden his mother started dating and it was weird for him so basically uh his mother you know through whatever circumstances i want to ruin it i end up meeting her after me and pete you know his character i don't like his and i'm coming to his house to fucking yell or whatever and then i see his his mom played by marissa tomei and then all of a sudden you know you know, we click or whatever, we start dating, whatever, and then he fucking hates it and the comedy ensues. But mm. it's, you know, it's got a lot of heart, you know, it's not 100% comedy. But, um, yeah, Marissa Tomei, uh, Dom Lombardozzi, uh, Steve, Steve Buscemi. No, it's streaming everywhere except Netflix. It's uh, it's going to be like, it, it's like that movie, that kid movie, Trolls. Whatever they did is what Universal is doing with this one, where it's going to be anywhere where you can stream movies So and it's stuff. supposed to be in the movie theater. It was going to be in the movie theater, and then all of this stuff happened. Yeah. So then uh, people who make movies are deciding, uh, are we going to hold on to some of this stuff, which they're doing with some movies? This thing, fortunately, they're going to put out. There it is. Oh, the Apple TV, Verizon, YouTube, Google Play, Amazon Prime. Basically, why wouldn't Netflix hop on board with this? Come on, Netflix. Um, I don't think there's a, it's a come on Netflix thing. I think eventually it'll probably end up mm-hmm. there. But I think first they do this. This is the way they're going to get their box office, I guess. You get it on Microsoft. How many people are buying movies on Microsoft? It's like, You'd be surprised. I would be. That's why I'm asking. 
There would be, I, I would think. <laughs> <laughs> that's such an easy answer. You'd be surprised. That's like a that's, that was like a political answer. Yes, I, I had, I had yes. no answer for you, so Let I, I went with that. Let the record show. Many people are buying it on Microsoft. Um, yeah. So, um, do you think this is a good thing that movies are being forced to stream? I, I kind of like it. I mean, I, I don't want movie theaters to go under, but I do like the option of being able to watch a, a newly released movie at home. Yeah, I think everything's going to adapt, but I don't think the movie theater is ever going to go away because I, I, I still enjoy going to the movies. It's also yeah. it's a way to get out of the house. You get yeah. a sitter. You, yeah. re you reconnect with your wife. That's right. We're friends. Popcorn. This is fun. Yeah, All of a sudden, yeah, your yeah, jokes yeah. come back. Right. You're having fun. Oh, yeah. Anytime I hang with my wife, like if, if we get like... Uh, couple days away mm -hmm. it the magic instant oh, yeah. instant comes yeah. back and then when we get back to the high house it's like the grind again and we just start laughing we're like we gotta remember we gotta remember those two days so the key mm -hmm. is to have those two day little things enough that you don't forget it so you don't start fucking growing apart do you guys do date nights yeah yeah i do I date nights with my wife and we were doing them when i was when i was at the store all the time when comedy was up uh i was doing them on saturday night because she didn't have to get up early in the morning for mm -hmm. the kids, take the kids to school so she could be rested and refreshed. Didn't have to go to school the next day, so didn't have to get up on Sunday. So it was a, it was a, a good day. So I just would take Sunday off of stand-up. And yeah. we, do, we do date nights. And this is the thing. As much as women seem impossible to guys, especially someone like me with all of my fucking issues, it's like just something like that does wonders Yeah, for your, your connection and... Um, then we also had like once a week we were doing like uh, before we, we got pregnant again we were doing uh, a family dinner, and that was the best. And what we were going to was a bunch of like uh, just mom and pop places in like the valley and out in Pasadena and stuff mm -hmm. like that. Are these places that are just you know legendary in you know in that area, but they don't have a chain, so mm -hmm. it's cool because you feel like you're giving you know regular people. Yeah. money and business and we would go there and it, when like that was a big thing when i was growing up before you had all these screens and all mm -hmm. of this shit going out to dinner with your family yeah i remember being excited they used to have this chain in massachusetts remember pewter pot yeah they basically they made muffins somehow they were a chain that made muffins and then they expanded into having full dinners and everything was made out of wood it was very like uh, 70s and that was like a big thing my dad came out, we're going to Pewter Pot tonight. And you were like, psyched. <laughs> and I would always get whatever, like cheeseburger and fries and then a blueberry muffin. <laughs> Such a weird order. But I was a kid and you wouldn't get fat. It was fucking awesome. So I want my kids to have a little bit of that, mm -hmm. that sort of, um, I don't know, I'm probably romancing it. But I think it's it's because it was for my childhood. But I think it's an important thing to, to do shit like that. Yeah, I'm a big fan of mom and pop restaurants. There's a place we used to go to in uh, Woodland Hills called Brandywine. And the uh, owner, uh, Peggy and Chris, the owners, there was the, the owners, one, the female owner was the chef and mm -hmm. the male owner was the maitre d'. And they were a married couple. They'd been together forever. And they went, when we met them, they were probably, I want to say in their 70s, like mm. pretty deep in their 70s. There was, they were already fair, fairly along. Pretty far years. down the road and there. And then they eventually sold the place. They sold the place when it was sad, you know, and then some new people bought it, but I think it went under now. But uh, oh, it was a great little place, a small place. It didn't seat very many Do you people. Do I get over that sadness? I get over, because that shit really used to depress me. What I look at was like, you know, when they opened this restaurant and they were young, there was old people that were upset about whatever they cleared out. And it just happens, you know what I mean? Like, Well, I was just upset that I couldn't see them. 
you know, I just enjoyed their company. It was, it was always, uh, you know, we had been going there for 10 years. So it was one of those places. Well, what I do is and... I take the humanity out of it, Joe. It's <laughs> <laughs> a cycle of life. Yeah. It's just like the praying mantis and the lizard. I know, dude. I, I tell you, this fucking, this fucking, uh, this whole quarantine thing really, I like, I never realized what a fucking idiot I am. Yeah, Jesus you're telling Christ. me this, that you, you were... Just everything I'm doing. Why the fuck did I just do this? Why did this need to fucking be on here? You want to? Why, Joe? No big deal. You're a clean freak or something. Look at me. I'm, I'm cutting up these ashes like it's Coke. Yeah, that takes me back to Chelsea. Going around the apex. <laughs> <laughs> I have a cocaine memory from... Uh, I never did Coke, but uh, of this lady doing it. I was coming home from Kelly's Roast Jesus, Beef. Joe Rogan on Coke. Wow. That's what I'm saying. I'm smart enough to realize it's not for me. That, well, what about me? Yeah. We were driving... <laughs> I, I, I can snap on weed. <laughs> I don't need to be doing coke. Weed in an espresso and you're ready to fight. We were yeah. uh, driving back from Kelly's Roast Beef. Do you remember Kelly's Roast oh, Beef from Revere? Yeah. Great. You know what's so funny? I don't think I ever went there. Really? I drove by it a million times. I was going by Cappy's Liquors on the way up to the Kowloon. Kelly's Roast Beef was great. Remember Cappy's Liquors? Yeah, I do. Yeah, near the Kowloon. Yeah. yeah, you drive up yeah. there. Kelly's Roast Beef had clams too. Didn't they have clams? Those fried clams? I always, that was one of those places I meant to get to. I always meant to get to that, and then that steakhouse with the giant cactus. Oh I was like, yeah, I'm gonna, that's right. I'm gonna that eat place. The, what the that fuck was that place Hilltop called? Steakhouse. Yes. yes, and I was gonna oh eat there God. someday. I always asked my. I just loved the cows, the fake cows out front, and we were living on the North Shore then. So we would drive my dad into work, and we would always go down uh, Route One. And we would go by that, and I would think like, you know, and there was a, also a, a hockey rink up there that had a Bruins emblem that they were allowed to use before like all the um, the corporate people really were like, you can't use our logo. So they had a Bruins thing, and I was convinced that's where the Bruins practiced. I went to Hilltop Steakhouse once, and it was, for some reason, I have it connected in my mind with a, a boxing match that was on TV because I was so bummed out. Uh, Sugar Ray Leonard fought Terry Norris. And, I know uh, that. I, I know was, that name. I should say Terry Norris was a monster, and so, well, so, was, so was Sugar Ray when he was in his prime. But he got older, and he fought Terry Norris, and Terry Norris was a fucking just a demon. He yeah. was so good, and Sugar Ray just should, had no business fighting him. And I remember eating food, just being bummed out, just just thinking, "Fuck, is this just what happens to all these guys? Like, like they all decide, they all decide one more fight, one more fight. Let me." Let me do it. And he came back and beat a few. See if you can find that. Can you imagine if your body broke down in around 35, you couldn't is. do stand-up anymore? You'd, you'd definitely try to go for one more set. Yeah, but it's different. It's different. It is. I it's thought different. it was the same. You're right. It's Terry, different. Terry Norris. It's totally different. Was in his prime, and he was just so fast and elite. And Sugar Ray was just, I want to say he was like 38 or something like that. I don't know how old he was, but it was, it was hard to watch. From Madison yeah, Square but Garden, you, but, in New York City. But that's City. not something I, when I think of Sugar Ray Leonard. I don't think. I mean, what what about that division he was in? Oh my God, Dude, Hagler, Hearns, Duran, and Leonard. I yep. mean, well, he fought Hagler long. You know, I mean, he he came back and fought Hagler, and then Hagler retired after that one loss. He just like I'm I'm good. But it was just watching Terry Norris. Yeah, he went to Italy and started making quicker. movies. Yeah, hilarious movies. You I got a buddy them? of mine that is convinced that fight was fixed I think it might by the Italian fixed. mob, and then his payoff was they gave him a movie career in Italy. It might be true. Your buddy might be right. There's something about it that I, I've watched. I'm like, man, it almost looks like Hagger's taking something off of his punches. 
And I also, th- I just I don't see him won. doing that. I don't think I don't see, I don't him, doing see him ever doing that. That's why. But I, I also didn't see him retiring. I, like that. I think he might have gotten fucked on a decision on that fight because that fight could I really felt could have. I was such a Hearns, I mean Hagler fan, and I also what about what about Tommy Hearns being as tall as he was but could make that weight? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, when he fought Sugar Ray, I think he was only twenty two. And he was uh, 147. Sugar Ray stopped him after Angelo Dundee gave him that that speech in the corner. You're blowing it, kid. You remember that? I'll never forget that. I, you know, the one I remember, one of the greatest ones I saw, corner guy, was that uh, Corrales Castillo fight. Oh. And when he gets in the corner and he'd been knocked down uh, for like, I don't know how many times, kept spitting out his mouthpiece and they took away a point or something. He gets mm-hmm. he goes into his corner and I remember his his his. His manager or whatever, whatever you call the guy, is in the corner. He goes, trainer. He goes, you better fucking get inside now. I don't even know what that means. I forget he said that. And then this fucking guy, Charlie Murphy, rest his soul, told me about that fight. He's like, Bill, you got to see this fight. He goes, I woke up my whole family. <laughs> <laughs> it was a wild ass fight. And he actually, Charlie, he was such a funny guy, man. He hurt his foot. That's how much he was into it. Like when he came back after getting knocked down and then knocked out the other guy. I always forget, Corrales Castillo uh, was... Uh, Corrales is, is, is the guy who won that fight, right? Well, they fought more than once, I believe. Um, Diego Corrales. Uh, yeah, he's the guy, and he yeah. died on a motorcycle, exactly. I think, right? That's what yeah, I was going to say, yeah. Terrible. Yeah. I'll tell you, an underrated fight. When I back This back when I had time, I used to watch this shit, was uh, Evander Holyfield versus Michael Dokes. Oh, yeah. Do you yeah, remember that fight? That, that was a great that one. That was a great fight. Holyfield had so many great fights. What do you, what he do you was think? A, about, that guy was a warrior. Is. Yeah. He's coming back. Oof. Do you know that? I don't want to see that. He's training. Mike, Mike Tyson's training. They're both training. In their 50s. Yeah, here it is. Michael Dokes. Yeah, it was... I mean, it's just a, amazing how much longevity Holyfield had. And Holyfield started as a cruiserweight. I remember when he beat Dwight Muhammad Kawi for the cruiserweight title. And then uh, gained all this weight to yeah. go up. I mean, when he was a cruiserweight in the 80s when I was lifting and I was young and all that shit, I was like, that's that's the body I want. That's what I'm going for. Of course, I couldn't get it, but I was like, that's the shape I want to be in. Can you how stupid I look if I fucking look like that? Oh, you look amazing. Going on Come stage, on. telling jokes. Just wear something that covers it up a little bit. <laughs> what, a poncho? <laughs> <laughs> like, a, like Going out with a big square outlaw body. Outlaw Josie Wales. Yeah. Outlaw Josie <laughs> Wales poncho. <laughs> yeah, you flip it over and you got a Mikey to take it out. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh my god, this is round 10 Look at the people standing up I mean, this shit was just they just. St- oh, oh, man Now watch Stokes Oh, right hand, that's it They stop it That was Richard it Steele. Uh, Richard Steele was the same guy that stopped Julio Cesar Chavez and Meldrick Taylor With like two seconds left to go in the final round When Meldrick Taylor was up on the fight And Julio Cesar Chavez dropped him Meldrick Taylor got up And Richard Steele was like yeah, are you are you ready to go on, dude? Can he has more on? muscle in his trapeze, whatever the fuck that's traps. called, and I traps I have in my whole fucking body. Yeah, he, was, <laughs> he was a specimen. Holyfield was a specimen. What's interesting about Holyfield too? He was like the first guy that ever really put weight on successfully. Like he had this uh, this crazy strength and conditioning program that he did to go up to heavyweight, where you know he was fairly thin when he was a cruiserweight and started lifting weights and lifting weights back then. Most people thought lifting weights was terrible for you. 
There was a lot. That was a big thing in basketball. Don't lift weights. It's yeah. going to fuck up your shot. They thought you were going to like send the ball past the, the Well, you know what rim. it is? It's from being stiff and sore. When you're stiff and sore, it does fuck you up. It's, it fucks you up with boxing. It fucks you up with everything. But it's a matter of doing it correctly so that you, your body recovers enough so that when you actually fight, you're not stiff and sore, but you have all that extra muscle. So this is great, by the way. Cars, fights, cigars. Cigars. Praying mantises. Men's stuff. Come on. Yes. <laughs> I love it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, though that that era of boxing, man, those are the, the the golden era when we were kids. My God, you know ABC Wide World of Sports. Yeah. Get up and watch the fights. Yeah, Fuck. I remember watching the Leon Spinks, uh, Muhammad Ali. They they showed it on TV. It must have been a replay. Mm. I remember watching that and just kept thinking Muhammad Ali was going to come back. It was the one that he lost. Yeah. Uh, against Leon Spinks, uh, I also remember the 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 uh, Mike Tyson. Uh, Michael Spinks fight, and I remember the pizza didn't even get there. And I remember my buddy was all excited. Dude, my dad ordered the fight, and they had just finished their basement. And we went downstairs, and we were sitting there to watch it. It was over in like 90 seconds. Yeah. And I just remember my buddy he got off the couch, and he was on all fours, like an inch from the TV, just screaming, what the fuck? What the fuck? Because we didn't understand. There wasn't the education mainstream education of what a body blow did to you mm -hmm. so unless somebody got hit in the head and their mouthpiece went flying we didn't understand because that last shot he was a hook to the body and you didn't understand like literally their internal organs just slammed to the other side of their rib cage you didn't understand that that was happening here it is here's the whole fight yeah this was an amazing amazing moment because Spinks was another guy who went up from light heavyweight beat larry holmes and then became the heavyweight champion. Then is fighting Tyson, but yeah, we were just yelling this Spinks small. jinx because we just wanted to, we were rooting for Tyson, but we wanted to see a fight. Well, Spinks had a good right hand, but he just you could see he's he's paralyzed here. I mean, he's fighting a guy that's just so much bigger than him, and he's getting smashed. Mike Tyson was just such a force in nature at the time. Yeah, Spinks just really had no business fighting legitimate heavyweights. He fought Larry Holmes, and Larry was past his prime, and you know he Ugh. beat Larry by Bad. decision. But oh, I thought he beat him bad. No. I thought like that was like, oh no, you know what I'm thinking of was was the time Holmes fought Ali. Yes, and he was, was looking over at the ref like, what the fuck are you going to stop was, this? That was bad. That, that was bad. people to the to the end of Larry Holmes' career didn't appreciate him because of that they they loved Ali so much. So he hurt him with this right hand here, and then he's swarming on him. Oh, I remember God. seeing this video of Muhammad Ali promoting. Here it is, right here. Boom! Body shot. He goes down. Spinks gets up, referee gives him an eight count. He says, I'm fine. Oh, I thought he went down on that one. That no, was it. that was a body shot, oh, okay. and then he gets hit with a right hand right here. Tyson steps, bing, there it is. Oh, that was, oh, Jesus. Flat. I, see, I forgot about that. Yeah. He's just like, fuck this, man. <laughs> oh, his, <laughs> fuck his this. His body's like, fuck this. Dude, do you, do you realize the fucking balls it takes to fucking walk? Oh, you do. You did it. Jesus Christ. I mean, yeah. those guys, you walk into an arena shirtless. It's scary. That's fucking amazing. What's really scary is it's like you think about it for weeks and weeks up to it, and obviously I never did it at this level, but at that level when the whole world is watching and you know that this is a, just a, an enormous moment and you just got waylaid by one of the greatest heavyweights of all time and flattened. That was a crazy You know what I was watching about? the. Uh, he was so fun to watch because he annoyed so many people because he was so cocky. 
And he has such a weird style. Is that that Prince? Uh, not seen. Oh my God! Is yeah. that guy fun to watch? Oh, he was amazing. You know, Tyson had syphilis in that, or not something like that in that fight. No, that was uh, uh, Buster uh, Douglas. Did he? Yeah, he had like oh. a clap or something. I think it was this fight. I think it was the fight he won. Yeah, the the fight when he fought Buster Douglas, he just didn't train very hard for it. Just really was just dominating everybody and just took it for granted. And Buster, and he still almost won. Still dropped Buster. And to this day, like if you watch that fight when Buster's down, it's more than ten seconds. Yeah, but the, the thing was, count. he didn't go to the corner fast enough. I thought, mm -hmm. and, he, and, like and he picked up the count. I thought he would have got up. I don't know. I remember where I was when I watched that. I remember all of that shit. I was at my buddy Mitch's house. We were upstairs, and it was on his fucking square TV. And I was like, you know, because you cheer for the underdog, mm -hmm. and he was all bummed out, going, "I want to see Mike lose." And I was just like, I, I didn't realize what. I had lost as a sports fan because you're losing greatness. Not that he's not great, but you know what I mean? You wanted to see that undefeated right. keep going thing. And then afterwards, you know, it's a weird thing. But the Buster Douglas in that fight, you, you know the whole story behind it? His mom died. Yeah. And he was devastated. And so he was always a really, really talented guy that just didn't work hard enough. But that fight, he trained like a motherfucker. He trained like a real champion. Probably because and he, he didn't, came out. Yeah, didn't want to face, didn't want to think about it. So he probably just focused on. He's, well, was that maybe also he was like doing it? He was dedicating it to his mom. But he, he once threw again, some the human element punches. that I just remove. <laughs> I just. <laughs> yeah, you're, you just. I'm a, get, I'm a robot. I am a. Ro I am. I am. Is this what you're finding out from this the the pandemic being locked up and having too much alone time? Like yeah, I understand. Robot? I understand my anger now. I don't know how to fix it, but I understand. Well, what it. is it? What What is your anger? It's feeling like I'm not going to be heard, and things are going to go in a way I don't want them to be. So the second there's an, there's a suggestion different than mine, I catastrophize in my head, and I don't just go be like, well, you know what? Actually, I can't do that because I'm doing Joe's podcast. Maybe I could do that tomorrow. I just hear the information and feel like I have no power. And then I go, oh, what the fuck? And then my wife's like, I just asked a question. And then I am so fucking up here. I have to like, it takes, it only takes me like two minutes. And then I come in, but I put, I put my head to the comedy. side of her head and I just go, I'm sorry. I don't want to tell you, you married a fuck up. You blew it. You're not good at you're not good at reading people. You have no one to blame but yourself. Like that, mm. I apologize like an asshole. No, my I and, and that's another thing too. Though. There's another thing too is I've I also in this have never loved my wife more. You know, gave me a son, and it's just like it's one of those things where you know you that's just a, sit, that's a beautiful you thing really about the sit pandemic. there going like I am really like I am way way more of a fucking asshole than I thought I was I knew I was but I, I didn't think I was that bad so, so you realize you've got issues but you don't know how to solve them that's what it is I I realized that I had issues that I thought I was past mm. that's what fucked me up but so you feel like like all right so I've taken care of that now I can focus on this and it's like no no this is still in this pile you thought it was six feet high, it's 12 feet high, and it's, it was, uh, um, yeah, it was demoralizing. So but Don't you think no one is part of the way to fix it, though? Yeah, but then you have to go through the torture of it, because of, it's, like, it's not like, you know, like the Dr. Phil episode, you need to understand, you fucking yell at people, whatever the fuck, and you yeah. go, oh, okay, thanks, Phil, and like, you're just going to go do that. It's... It's like then you have to do the fucking work, and it's so easy to just go back into your your. Yes. It's, it's a deep groove 
worn into your personality and you're trying to get out of the rut and it's just easy to go back into it and just be on autopilot. That's ass, why people like psychedelics. Autopilot. That's why people like psychedelics. Because yeah. it separates you so much from who you are. You get a chance to look at yourself. It's one of the things that, that comes out of it. I should have done that when I was younger. Can't do it now? Like right now? On this podcast? I don't we think could do that, it. I don't think that do a little would be bit very professional. I'm supposed to be promoting oh. one of these feature films. We've already done it. We promoted it. It looks great. I'm excited. I'm excited to see you with a mustache. Oh, so you're saying I'm done and then I can now do this? You can do a little drugs. Just a little mushrooms. Be good for you. Listen, Joe, I know you're an influencer, but you ain't going to win on this an one. Influencer? <laughs> <laughs> influencer. If That's I, a dirty I, word to me. I will be. Uh, kids get out of the house and they're fucking great people. Hopefully, if I did the job, then. Uh, then? So when they're 18? Okay, we'll go. When they're 18, I'm going to take you somewhere. All right, when I'm 70 and you're 71. Yeah, we'll get blasted together on mushrooms. Yeah, I'll finally get that Cadillac. We'll go to the Pacific Northwest, which will be burnt to the ground. Once they, the, the, the looters take over those six blocks, they're eventually going to expand to 12. There'll be no more Seattle. The trees will regrow. I love Seattle. Don't say that. How great. You ever played the Moore Theater? <laughs> love it there. It's great. I love Seattle. I love Seattle. I'm a big fan. I used to love that uh, Bellevue place. The the pool hall that was a it was a pool hall connected to a comedy club. Remember that? Did you ever do that place? I didn't know did that one. Went under. Went under real recently. It was fucking great. I'm trying to remember the name of the place, but it was in Bellevue. And uh, I first went there with Callan. Callan was the one who told me about. it. I was like, this is this is my dream. A pool hall connected to a comedy club. This is the greatest I thing I've Brian. ever heard of. I love that guy. He he's one of the fastest minds. That's unbelievable how fucking funny that guy is. It's a very funny, dude. There it is. The parlor. Yeah. Permanently closed. Talented guy, too. I saw him oh. one time with a bow and arrow just talking all of this shit. And somebody hit a, he hit a bullseye. And then he did the next one. And he split his fucking arrow. Talking shit the whole Brian fucking Callen? time. Brian Yes. Where'd you see this? At this guy's house that had one of those things. That I was, was and dead luck. Brian Callen's is, a terrible archery. He doesn't know jack shit about archery. Hey, listen. I know what I saw. Were you dreaming? No, I saw this. He talked shit the whole time and he did it. It was fucking great. It was like I was watching a movie. I bought him a bow. Listen, I got to tell you something. I think you need to move him a little bit higher up in your brain. He's one of my best friends. That's how you talk about a friend. I love him. But I bought him a bow. I bought him a Hoyt. <laughs> carbon spider. Really nice bow. Never used it once. He goes, well, wait, I got to use that bow. I got to use that bow one day. I'm like... Get a he's probably target, doing fucking. He's probably backyard. standing on the string doing curls, knowing him. Maybe he boxes. He likes to go to the boxing gym. He likes to mix it up. He goes in there and spars. I'm like Brian, you're gonna get brain damage. You're 53 years old. You can't be getting punched in the face. Yeah, but he's like a Jason Statham, 53. Because <laughs> 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 you, you gotta, you have to know that, dude. Now that we're these old fucks, okay, we're hanging in there. Because you see people, I see at this point, I remember that's when I first felt old, was when I would meet people after shows, and I'd be like, oh, this guy's got at least five years on me, and I'd find out they were five years younger than me. Mm. Like, I'd be like 33, I'd be like, you're fucking 28? And he was like a real 28, married, three kids, and I saw what that looked like, you know? Uh, you know you know this fucking business. This business, you get shit on, like, like I love the harassing to a point on, uh, on social media. Harassing? The, you know, hey, uh, you know, hey, Billy Booze Face, hey, Billy Fat Tits and all that <laughs> shit. Like, that motivates me. Like, I look, you, you got to honestly look at yourself. Like, the, they're right. Yeah. 
They're hanging a little bit. I need <laughs> I need to do some push-ups. They will fucking bully you into getting in shit. It's all how you process the information. No? Yeah, there's yeah. something to that. Yeah, this look, you're talking about fat shaming. I'm telling Sometimes you that if works. I wasn't in this business, I would be a fat fuck. I'd get those blonde Oreo cookies, root beer floats. I would be fucking hammering that shit. <laughs> so being in the business and, keeps and you then, skinnier? Yeah, because then on Twitter, I would just have the fucking, the, the pussy picture, just the egg one. You uh, know, when nobody knows who you are, and I could be a fat fuck being like, Ugh, you know, just giving people shit. You got a little fatter since the last movie. I would have a blast doing that. How's your shoulder? It's great. It's better? Because I've been, uh, I finally, that was another thing is this like the shoulder thing also caused me that I had to slow down and like the patience you need to rehab it. Mm -hmm. Like you're sitting there with like, at first it's just the weight of your arm doing the crawls up the wall. Then you lay on your side. Then it's just the weight of your arm. And then a tuna can. Then I went into a can of clams and now I'm up to the pink weight, the one pounder. (laughs) And then the, this is the big this is the big tipping point. When you go from one pound to two pound, as ridiculous as that sound, you're increasing the weight load by 100%. And that's when you get hurt because you want to get like, I used to be able to do like 15 pound, you know, 20 pound, 25, you know, those, those, those sets you used to do. Yeah. And now I, if I, you know, when it's really hurting, I reach for some salt. I'm like, ah, it, it resets it. So what I do is I just get slowly work my way up to three sets of 20 and then when I go to two pounds, when I do it, I'll just do three sets of three. So I'm way beneath the weight load that I did. And then you gradually, it requires the, all of this patience that I don't fucking have. What is wrong with it? Um, this one, I had a bursitis. This one, I actually, I, I fucked up something else. And this one I, is totally fine now. But I'm not using it as much because I'm not using this one. So I, I, I do the rehab on both sides just to keep them equal i've been doing a lot of core work a lot of back shit that i never did which is how my shoulder got fucked up because i just did the 80s things you know mm-hmm. this did everything up here right I, what i could see i worked on so all back here was like we can't fucking hold this shit so everything my my shoulders bowed in and one was higher than the other and then eventually it, it just got pinched yeah it was, yeah i used to do these fucking things mm-hmm. i know that's for this but i didn't do anything for your shoulders too for the middle of my back or lower back all of this shit. i don't know what the fuck i'm talking you ever about use bands yeah, bands are a good way to not get hurt. I, I'm, yeah. I'm a big fan. There's a um, a product called uh, Crossover Symmetry. It's a, a series of uh, different weight bands. I'll show it to you out here. I have it attached to one of the um, uh, bars, one of the cages, and these uh, these bands. They come in you know, 15 pounds, 25 pounds, 40 pounds, a bunch of different weights. And you take these things, and I do a whole series of exercises with my shoulders. It's great. It keeps everything strong, and you're not really you're not, you're not pushing well, once, it in the once same I get, with weights. Yeah, I'd like to look at that. I'm not yeah. going to do it, but once I get to a certain level of strength, um, but the thing is, you can do it. It's not going to hurt you because you you're not you're just doing it lightly like oh, this. You got a lawsuit coming your rips. way, buddy. <laughs> look, this is. Oh, I just thought of something. I just forgot something that I learned about myself with that shit. That'll come to me. As far as like with uh, rehabilitation. Yeah, but it also came into my personality, just something that I, I, I kind of, oh, this is what I learned about myself and why I didn't miss stand-up because it was freaking me out is because what I experienced as a kid straight across the board uh, made me go to this mental place of like, I don't care. 
fuck it, I don't care, I don't need it, I don't give a shit. And that caused, that caused, that's what caused everything to get walled off. Mm. And that actually feeds into rehabbing injuries because it was a big moment for me where I got this fucking console thing that I'm trying to put in my podcast studio. And they were supposed to deliver it and bring it in there, right? So the day they were going to deliver it, my wife went into labor. So I went to the hospital and then they showed up and I didn't want them going out in my garage. I got all my memorabilia and shit. I just didn't want people in there unless I was there. So I said, I just have them drop it off. I thought it was going to be a box and it was already assembled and it was fucking big, right? And it was also the weight load of it. I was just, I was like, ah, fuck it. If I keep my arms in like this, it's mostly biceps and I was going to do this and I was going to do this stupid German Irish, fuck it. And what it was going to do was going to set me back once again, like I, I had a big setback in February. I had an acting gig and they said, hey, it was just a stupid little action thing. It's a wall, put your hands on it, hop over. Can you do that? I'm like, yeah, my shoulder feels pretty good. And the second I went like that, I felt like lightning go down my shoulder. And I was like, ah, fuck. Right back to the fucking tuna canning and all of that shit. So I actually had a friend come over. We were going to do it. I said, you know what, dude? I, I, I'll, I owe you a fucking dinner or something. I, I'm not doing this. And I called up this guy that I knew was a construction company. I go, you got a couple of strong young guys that can just move this thing in there. And I just had them do it. And and like, and that's like something that I'm pushing through where um, it helps me as a comic. It also helps me deal with highly emotional shit because I can just shut shit off and just do what I have to do. Which works like back in the day when you're going to do Letterman, which was fucking terrifying. It's freezing cold. And you just have to be like, fuck this. Just, it's just fucking people. This is just a different shiny floor that's freaking me out. And there's an icon sitting at that desk. I, I, I had the tools to shut that off, which is great for that moment. But it's terrible for the rest of your fucking life. Like there's shit that's like, I just realized there's just shit in me that I needed to, that I, I, I have not dealt with. Death of friends. All of that shit is just sitting in here. And I think that's also... Like when people then go like, oh, hey, can you do this? Oh, what the fuck? Like, like it's not all just that I'm not going to get what I want. A lot of that is like you got all of this shit that you're sitting on. So you're sitting on all that and you haven't addressed it. So then it just it, it the only way for the steam to come out is like for you to snap or whatever. So which is really not fair to the people around you, yeah. <laughs> to be honest with you. So. I don't know. Have you gone to therapy? Yeah. <laughs> yeah? <laughs> yeah. What about meditating? You ever meditate? Yeah, but I find the guy's voice is fucking annoying. He you don't have to listen to a guy. He won't shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Every time I'm getting there, he starts fucking talking again. And then he's using this really <clears throat> soothing, caring voice that makes me face all of that shit that I didn't get growing up, which makes me angry at this person that's trying to help me. Wow. Yeah. Quarantine is not a bad thing. If <laughs> For what it's worth, you're always fun to hang around with. I always enjoy your company. I don't have any issues with any of your crazy Because I have a crushing need to be liked. <laughs> so I tone down my cuntiness when I'm around you. <laughs> Listen, my wife knows me. Hang out with her one time. She'll tell you some fucking stories. I'm sure. Yeah. Well, 
the you that I get, I like. If that helps you. Yeah. You know the deal. You don't know anybody till you live with them. All right. You know? <laughs> I, will well, n- I will not accept your compliments. That's another part of my personality. <laughs> who's, the, <laughs> who's the guy that's running the meditation app that's annoying you? Do you know whose app you're using? I don't want to put the guy on blast, but yeah, I do. Okay. Let me know later. And he's great. He's great. He's great it's, at what he's you. doing. And he's trying to help people. I understand. Yeah. You should do it without an app. Dude, I got I I have, I have a story. I can't say I can't say what I said nowadays. I can't say what I said, but I remember one time <laughs> I was playing pickup hockey and I suck, right? But I'm having a good time out there. I'm just, you know, I'm out there trying to get a sweat going, right? And, you know, I'm having my head down and we're playing no contact and because I had it was really my fault. I had my head down and this guy fucking knocked me down on the other team. And he goes, Are you all right? Yeah, what I said to that guy, I still fucking regret. <laughs> I was so mad at him mm. that he was caring in that moment. Oh, like, wow. And that's one of those things. It was like, what is wrong with me? Wow. So you, you're really trying to come to grips with all this shit right now. Yeah, because I don't want to pass this shit on to my kids. kids. That's so what happens. And it's just like... Up. You're yeah, realizing. when when people are like, uh, if people say my kids are not like me, like I'm like good. Mm. That's weird, but I I do think that a lot. If they're like, oh yeah, he's you know she's like you know happy go like like great. Like I forget what somebody said one time about my daughter because she's like she's this angel right, and they made some sort of you know comic made the comment you know thinking it was gonna hurt me. And I was like, "Yeah, dude, that's fucking music to my ears. I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want her to be like me. But don't." Do you think they were trying to hurt you when they said it? No, it was one of those comic things where they don't have kids, so and it was a guy's, and they don't know what to say. Uh, so then they gotta like make a fucking joke. Like I had a buddy of mine, a comedian, on my birthday. He goes, "Hey, happy destroying your mother's uterus day." And I just remember laughing, going like, "Oh, there's a guy who has to do a little more work than I have to." Or you just I can funny. say, I can say, I know, but I mean, it, I know what it is. It was a Boston comic, and he couldn't just say "Happy Birthday" mm. because that would be gay. Right. So he has to go to so overcorrect that has to go to that level. It's so fucking stupid. It's probably why guys die before women. You hang on to shit, and there's all that stuff, you know. Can't say enjoy sunset, Joe. You can't do that. <laughs> why can't you? <laughs> Shut up. But you I know do. why. I know you do. I know, but the thing about you is you can also beat the shit out of most people in a fucking room. So you got that. So people can be like, oh wow. You know, they actually want to hear that from you. <laughs> when they see you spin and heel kick, they want to know that you enjoy a sunset. Cause like I don't want to, if this guy's as angry as I am and can do all of that shit, what are my odds of getting out of here? So you want to see that out of a guy like you. But a guy like you, you don't want to see it. Don't want to see you enjoying a sunset. Joe, I don't read. I don't fucking. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what it is. <laughs> I am too. I am too in here to understand me. This is interesting. I, though. I have a very. I have a very weird thing. I have an alley of my personality that works that I somehow turned into a living. Yeah. But the rest of it looks like Fred Sanford's yard. Put it. <laughs> Old radiators and bed frames and shit. It's a fucking mess. It's interesting because I've never seen you this introspective where you're really trying to work it out. You're really thinking about it. 
more than I've ever seen you think about it before. You've always joked around about it, you know, in all the years I've known you, it's always been a part of the things you talk about, but it seems uh, much more at the forefront of your consciousness right now, like something you really need to work on. You really realize, like, this is, I got to fix this. Yeah, I think it started last year doing the movie. Oh, he brings back the movie. Um, it was There was a bunch of shit that I had to play that I never had to play before. You want me to be a loud fucking asshole? I can do that. But then all of a sudden, like, uh, I had a lot of anxiety about a lot of the stuff. Like, my character had two kids. And, like, the first time I meet the kids, it's classic acting. Where it's just like, you just show up. I remember I took this acting class. This guy, Brendan Hughes, he was great. He was saying, like, he was talking about what it's like to go on a movie set. It's just, like, how you have to have access to all these emotions because you're showing up. And it's just like... Okay, uh, you're this guy, and this is your dad, and your mother just died, and action. And it's just like, what? Because that's the way right. it goes. It just goes real quick. So, yeah. So, I have to play like this. Uh, so, I got two kids here. So, the first day I met them, we had to do the family photo. They wanted to have one of those things in the background for a scene. So, you have to, and I'm sitting there going, like, ah, fuck, you know, I gotta, I gotta act like I love these kids the way I love my kids. Like, and that was really confronting for me as far as how I'm wired. Well, fuck you. I don't need anybody. So uh, I, I had like a fucking panic attack before, like, really? even that thing, like just being like, just that comic thing where uh, you're just like, dude, I just, I stand on stage. I, I do shit jokes for a fucking hour. You give the check and then I fucking leave. I smoke a cigar. Uh, it's fucking leave me alone. Right. And this thing here, it's like, no, you, you, you're now on a schedule. Somebody tells you where you have to be. So like, you know, I was like a cat on a leash all of a sudden. Like, ah, I have to be all these places. So I was freaking out about that. And then the, the, I had to do the picture with the kids. So what I did was I just, I got myself into a really silly mood. And I was deliberately, I was joking with all the other actors. I was making fun of myself. I was joking with anybody that had anything to do with the movie. I got this really silly, stupid mood. And I just, to get myself in that headspace. And then I met them. I started joking around about what I look like, and this is what your dad looked like, and then they started laughing. So when they took the picture, we were actually laughing about a joke I was making about myself, and then I looked at the pictures, and they, they, looked, they looked real. They looked like I love these kids. So I got over that hurdle. So like throughout the shoot, you know, obviously the shit yelling at Pete, it's like I can fucking do that all day, but all that other stuff, and it's like, okay, and you know, Jeb would be like, okay, and then you meet Margie, and you're smitten. And it's like smitten. I, I, you know, I've, I've never had, I've been smitten in life, but I've never, you know, as a comedian, I don't think you ever really go on stage. And if you were to do something where you were smitten, you're, you're making fun of that emotion and the stupid things that you do. And it's like, no, we need you to play this real. Like you really have just, and I'm like, oh, so I'm, I'm like into her. He goes, no, I'm, I'm, you're love struck, like a lightning bolt. And I'm just like, and it's like, oh, geez, like, I, I don't know how to fucking do this. And, you know, fucking, and then, oh, my God, I'm in my head. I'm in my head. This person's won an Oscar. They're going to think I suck. You know, just going through all of that shit. So it took me probably uh, two weeks on the film. I was two weeks in. They had shot enough of my shit where I was like, all right, they're not going to fire me. I can kind of relax a little bit. And then after that, I had, I had, a, I did ha I had a great time. I had a fucking great time. Best time I've had on, on, uh, any acting gigs, and I've had a lot of fun throughout the years. So I think that's what sort of started it, and I was kind of like, 
you know, trying to communicate it to my wife and she doesn't know what I'm talking about. She's like, you're doing a movie. This is fucking great. And she has access, you know, opposites attract. So she has access to all of that shit. She's actually, you know, a fucking way better actor than I am and stuff. So I, I, she helps me out a lot. So after those two weeks, I was able to chill. And then I had a great time and I, I got over a bunch of hurdles and I was kind of like, oh, this is like growing as a comic where it's like, okay, I, I know how to do this as a comic. What if I try to act something out? Oh, that's mm-hmm. not my safe space. Now I start feeling like an open micer again. They're not going to like me. I'm not stuck getting spots at the store. Go home, live home with my parents. I start doing that shit. Yeah. There's a whole show going on up here, Joe. <laughs> Did you watch it after it was done? Yeah. I, I watched the initial cut of it, and then I saw the final version of it and everything. Did and you enjoy it? Yeah. It, it's one of those things you just too, you you know everything that was there and wasn't there, and like, uh, and like, especially with jokes. Like, there, there was, there was some. You know, there's always going to be stuff that you, oh, God, I wish, why did they cut there? I wish they put this in. But like, as, as far as like the movie itself, I loved it, how it worked and the way they put it together. And there's the opening scene that's in the movie initially was in the middle of the movie. And somebody, Judd, I don't know who came up with the brilliant idea to put that scene first. And it totally changed the tone of the movie. And, it, and that's when it like took off. Because I saw a real raw cut and it was like, this is a bunch of funny shit. And like everybody I've ever talked to who edits a movie, like when they watch their first cut of the movie, they're like, oh my God, I'm never going to, I'm never going to work in this business again. I just wasted my fucking, you know, I was actually uh, talking to one of the actors who had directed one of my favorite movies, uh, uh, Trees Lounge. Steve Buscemi made that movie and he told this whole, this fucking hilarious story about the, you know, when he, the first cut that he watched of it, like he just like went home like a zombie. You know, like going, oh my God, like how am I going to make, and it's such a great movie by the time he was done editing it, but his first like look at it. So that helped me out. A guy as good as him Mm. having that type of thought. And I was just like, oh geez, I think that shit all the time. You know, this guy's an icon. If he thinks that, then this is normal. So like, all right, I guess I'm kind of normal to think this shit. So yeah. So I think that started it. And then I just kind of would have just been happy to get through the movie and then that would have been it. And then I had to be quarantined. Oh, we all got quarantined. I'm talking like myself, typical self-involved me. Everybody's quarantined. And then that just became me sitting around. And I was like, I'm not watching TV because this is just going to fucking make me feel like claustrophobic watching all this news and shit, trying to be informed. So I kind of went away from that. And then I was just in the house with me, just sitting there. And everybody was asleep. And <laughs> it was fucking just thinking, thinking, but not in a bad way. I, I don't think. I don't know. Well, it doesn't seem like it's a bad way. It seems like you've isolated some of the things that you you have a problem with that you need to work out. Yeah. I mean, that's uh, that's one great leap on the way to figuring it out is knowing what you're trying to work on. Some people go the, their whole life not understanding what the fuck is wrong with I'm them. I'm jealous of those people. <laughs> I grew up with a lot of those people. Those people watch TV all the time. No, they just, they are who they are. And they just fucking do that. There is some. I, I you know. There, I have actually. <laughs> it's so fucked up. There's people like when I look at people that just do whatever the fuck they want to do. You know, like who doesn't want to just fucking eat a large cheese pizza mm-hmm. and then finish it off with a pint of ice cream? Like those people that do that. I know they pay for it, 
But there is something to be I'm reading this book right now on uh, Bobby Lane, who is a quarterback for the uh, Detroit Lions. And there's all these legends. The, like his story is so legendary. You don't even know where the, 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 the legend is and where the truth is. But like this guy, Art Donovan, used to tell a story about, you know, he was on the other team and he sacked him. And, you know, he's getting up and Bobby breathed on him. He goes, Jesus Christ, man, where the fuck did you go last night? And Bobby allegedly said last night, he goes, I had a couple of pops at halftime. You know, these guys were fucking lunatics. And he lived this life where he had this wide array of friends, uh, really progressive where he, he like, you know, through playing sports, he had uh, African-American friends. And if they were to go in someplace and they said, your friend can't come in, he goes, no, we're not fucking going in. I mean, this guy was doing this in the 50s and 60s, right? And um, he was always like that, and, but he died at like 58 or 59. And it was hard for all of his friends to see him, you know, not being like the legend. But there's a great part in the book where he's talking about his life and um, like knowing that, you know, he probably should have gone easier. But like this big smile came on his face that he kind of did it the way he wanted to. Because believe me, dude, I would love to go home and kill a bottle of bourbon right now. I would love to smoke another fucking five of these fucking things, but uh, I got too many people dependent on me. But uh, there is something to be said about living. You know, those people, they just, like, I like booze. I like it. I like getting drunk. And and just, if I want to do it every night, I'm fucking going to do it. I live at home. I want to get a pizza. I'm going to have yeah. a fucking pizza. You you do pay for it, but there is, I, I made me think of like, well, what's, Lemmy from Motorhead. Well, what's yeah? What's that life like? Yeah. As opposed to being like, well, you know, I got to make sure I eat my Brussels sprouts and I flick a bit, and you kind of inch your way to death, as opposed to just being like, fuck it, pizza tastes good. I want a pizza. Fuck it, I'm having one. Let's try every bourbon. That I like. I love that in the Lemmy doc, when he just had all those bottles of bourbon. The greatest thing in the Lemmy thing is when those guys were saying. Lemmy goes, hey, you want you want some Jack Daniels? They go, yeah. And he takes a bottle down and then hands both of them their own bottle. And they were like, what the fuck? And he starts just <laughs> drinking out of this like he's having a Coke. <laughs> Dean Del Rey said something fucking hilarious about when he watched the Lemmy doc. He goes, dude, if I saw that thing when I was in my 20s and I knew Lemmy was going to live to be 70, he goes, I never would have stopped. <laughs> <laughs> His last days were rough, though. I remember. I think uh, everybody's last days are rough, unless you drop dead. But his last days on pre- performing. I mean, he he basically performed until the wheels fell off. There's a video of him, like one of the last shows that he did, where he had to walk off stage in the middle of his performance. He but, was such a fucking badass. Even like just the way he had the microphone, the way he would sing, where he just came uh, in and the fucking bass was all low. Yeah, can't teach that man. That guy was fucking in his DNA. Well, he lived it. That's for sure. And he is a legend. And there's something to be said for that. There's, it's all what you put your energy to. Yeah, you it's kind of how, how you, like, I, you know what it is? It's the balls to live that life. Yeah, indulgent and wild. Yeah, where, like, there's, yeah. there's all this heroicism to sobriety, but I, I, which there is. Yeah. Being sober and just taking life in the face every day is, is fucking hard. And I think... Uh, to see somebody, but that has the balls, even with all the Surgeon General shit, as I'm sitting here smoking a fucking cigar, looking for a toothpick if you have one. Um, no? No. Toothpick? Who's got to, that piece of stick right there? You can yeah, turn that I, into a I toothpick. I can't fucking stick it in here. This is why I had to stop cigars, because I'll smoke it right down on my fucking fingers. Yeah. 
whittle that thing down. Jesus Christ, Joe. Give me that stick. Oh. Yeah. Is that the way you're supposed to hand somebody a knife? Well, I was going to. Oh, you were going to do it? Yeah. I don't need you, Joe. I don't need anybody. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking you need a roach clip. You want another cigar so you don't have to do that? I mean, we have No, plenty. this is the best part. That's the best part of the cigar? Yeah, it's the most full. You get the smoke goes right to you. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. I feel like I'm in therapy. Listen, I feel like I'm a therapist right now. Listen, don't switch to kid glove tone with me, all right? I'm just fucking I'm around here. I'm sorry, Bill. See that? Just uh, just trying to assess the situation. How oh, are you? Is that what your training <laughs> has taught you? <laughs> you talk to all these whack jobs on your fucking podcast? <laughs> The Lemmy thing is, you know, that's one of the things that people love about him, right? Because everybody knows you're supposed to eat well. Everybody knows you're not supposed to get fucked up every night. Everybody knows you're supposed to be responsible and mature and and smart. But what he did was just wild. Work. He didn't work? No? No, it's going to be slipping Look off. Look at him the there. He was just wild. Wild to the end. And yeah, worked. and I think you need you need people like that. You do, you, you do, because you can get a lot out of the way that they live. Where every once in a while you'd be like, you know what, fuck this. Let's go. Let's be Lemmy today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you get you get great art out of those people too. The, those wild people, the Bukowskis and the Sam Kinnisons and the Lemmys and the people that just fucking go hard. There's something to that. Yeah, there's something to that too. Yeah. And there's also something to people that are stoic. You know, what's interesting to me is the just the range of people. I can get I can get things out of people that just drink water and meditate and I'm I'm fascinated by them. I'm fascinated yeah. by people like I was watching some uh do you know uh Russell Simmons? He lives in like where does he live in like Bali or Indonesia or something like that? He was doing a an Instagram live and he's doing it cross-legged with like uh some crazy yoga shawl over his knees and shit and like it looked like an ashram and he's like he's he's basically talking like a yogi in an ashram like this guy was the head of def jam yeah and he got like really really into yoga and now he lives in some country somewhere and just fucking does yoga he's doing instagram yeah. live talking to people like like a like a guru yeah, I ain't, I ain't gonna go that hard. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not either. I'll do uh, I'll do a yoga. I mean, I I kind of do my own version of yoga, just shit that I've learned. Do you do a little yoga? I stretch all the time. Yeah, I have to because I I uh, you know you just get to a certain age. If you don't, I mean, you know. Yeah, I love stretching. Yeah, you kind of got to do all of that shit. So anyway, enough of that. You ever take a yoga class? Yeah. Like hot yoga? You ever do that? I I almost I just felt like I couldn't breathe. Yeah. And I remember too also like my back was fucked up. That's why I went to the class and the like the position she started out with the the twisting was happening too quickly. Mm. So I kind of just went down to the mat and I was doing all the thing and the teacher got like all freaked out by it. Really? She's like, "Come on, you know, try to stay with the class. You can't be like busting out all these different asanas." And I just started fucking laughing. Where I was just thinking, like, this is all supposed to be about listening to your body, and you're literally, you're like the oil man in here, trying to control, this is your own little fucking economy, and just the fact that I fuck, you're walking around like you got it all figured out, 
You got 99% of people here all doing what the fuck you say, and one guy goes down to his mat because his back is fucked up, and you process it like I'm fucking with your authority in a yoga class. Mm. So with my broad brush, I said, fuck hot yoga. (laughs) (laughs) That's hilarious. Yeah. Well, yoga teachers like everything else, you know. Some of them you're going to enjoy. Some of them are going to be really good at it, and some of them are going to annoy the fuck out of you. What annoys the fuck out of me is when they start giving you motivational advice and telling you how to live your life. You've got to learn to let go of things. Like for me, and then tell some personal story. And so what I got out of that, and like, Jesus Christ, can we fucking move on here? I didn't come here to hear your first grade. I used to go to this one. It was a great class. It was a great class, but the dude, he had, it was fucking awesome. I like, I was, after a while I would go, I was just psychologically breaking this guy down (laughs) and something happened to him at a gold's gym. I don't know what happened to him at a, like, he just was forever making fun of muscle heads. And I was thinking, you know, cause I've had the hybrid thing going on. Like I love, you know, back before I fucked up my shoulder, I loved lifting weights. I loved going to the gym and all that shit. And I liked the energy in a gym. You know, I, I, I liked it. And um, the old school ones, right? When the guys used to walk around with the towels tucked into their fucking, you know, mm-hmm. that shit. And he was forever shitting on it. And then another thing that he would do was he would uh, also somehow steer it toward like a subtle comment about lovemaking in the way to, and he was putting out like his vibe that he was good in bed Ugh. at the same time. <laughs> That's a yoga guy move. Oh. You know, and he had the little ponytail and shit. It was fucking, no, it was like a Will Ferrell character. It was fucking (laughs) funny. It's it's like, this is like, it was like a real life, like Will Ferrell, like, uh, like just really, just like, I know everything kind of vibe. It was, he wasn't as bad as that, but it was just, I get it. Yeah. It was funny though. And I used to sit there, uh, yeah, this was like this dude in New York. I remember it was fucking hilarious. And it, what was hilarious was I was bad at yoga. If there's, You're not supposed to even say that. If you're doing it, man, you just, you know, wherever your body's at is where you're supposed to be, right? And I just remember when he would walk around the class and he would adjust people. He'd always skip me and then adjust some hot chick who was way more flexible than me. And it's just like, really? I'm doing it right as I'm sitting over here? For some reason, I never needed an adjustment. Of course. And there was, this was like the 90s, so you could get away with this shit. There was a lot of adjusting like this, almost cupping a titty and fucking like, yeah, shit on the hips mm-hmm. and stuff. Yeah. Hey, God bless him. It's like a Pied Piper. You got all these hot chicks in there and you get them all stretched out before he banged them and it worked. So I couldn't hate on him for that, but it was, I, I to get through the class because I, I have such fucking ADD, I was just, there was like a comedy show going on within it. Like, you know, like house and then like a couple buddies, I'm like, dude, you got to go. You know, we'll do like a, you know, like a bet when he's going to shit, how many times he's going to shit on the gym. Um, what does he say? Um... What would he say? He would talk about he would talk about the muscle heads coming in there and they had no flexibility and you know and how uh, everything was all like overdeveloped but you know he we'd always be doing some fucked up uh pose or something and he goes this works on your psoas like what machine in the gym you know is there a psoas machine? 
you know, like, I can't remember. It was like fucking, it was a long time ago. And um, at first it pissed me off. It's just like, well, I like fucking doing curls. What's wrong with doing curls? <laughs> <laughs> and then it just became funny to me. There's a specific type of guy that's like that. I went to a yoga guy once, used to singing classes. He, he wound up like he wound up banging this lady that was there. Oh, there was a lot they, back in the day. You can't do it now. And, yeah, there was a lot of banging yeah, back then. There's a lot of. This was like uh, I guess this was late '90s, early 2000s, maybe. And he would sing in class, and it was so cheap. It was so disingenuous. Oh yeah, like he would do these like yoga songs. I was like, you are so gross. <laughs> I'm I glad I wasn't knew. the only one. No, yoga no, but guys I, I, but are th but famous then, for that. Th there was, but there was some really uh, good ones that I found. Oh, fuck but yeah. I found out, you know, some. Yeah, there's some really good ones. There's this really this guy I go to. I mean, you hear him talk, you think he's going to be annoying. He's got pierced nipples, the whole deal, but he's really sincere. He's really into it. He's so gay. He's so gay. It's like oozing when he talks, but. <laughs> You know, he's just so gay. I don't even know what that means. The That's way it's funny. so gay. Like the way he talks, we're here. We're here. <laughs> You're supposed to be here. Let it go. And but it, that's who he is. Like he's comfortable. He's well, who that's he is, and the I thing. love his class. Well, that's the thing, is yeah. if is if it's genuine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then it becomes this great thing. Mm hmm Yeah. Um That's who he is. He's uh yeah. It's it's like whoever the fuck you are, if that's who you are, like I like it. I don't I don't want you to try to sell me on who you are. Like the guy uh, with the love making. That goes talk. the last two hours of this podcast. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> the selling you on who they are is where it gets really gross. Pretending to be something they're not. Not be. I mean, I like flaws. It's good. We all have them. You know. So uh, my favorite people are all flawed. I don't mind. Yeah. And it's not even that that guy was flawed. He was just, uh, he was just, it, like, normally you would think if a guy was talking like that, teaching a yoga class, like, this is not going to be fun. But it was great. Yeah. There's a lot of people that are really good at it, man. It's just finding them, you know? So I, like, the place that I go to, I just look at the schedule. I'm like, oh, that's a good one. I'll, oh, I'll yeah. take her class. I like him. He's fun. Yeah. And there's this one dude, he had his weird tattoos. Like, real strange. Like oh. It always has to be clean, too, because there's so much sweating going on. I hate, oh, when, yeah. I hate when you go, like those hot yoga classes, there's just no way to get this. The floors were sweating. Like, there's just no way to. You just got to accept it. It's so good for your body. It's so good for your stretching, too, because you can get into positions when you're doing hot yoga that you're not going to get into. And it's like really stretching that tissue out and extending your range of motion. I love it. Yeah. I t I, I'm a fucking evangelist for it, though. I tell so many people to do it. A lot of people have listened, but more people just get annoyed. Well, I love that when you guys do the Sober October. Mm -hmm. You know, and I watch Segura and fucking uh, uh, Kreischer dry out. And, and <laughs> like three weeks in, they start looking like movie stars and shit. <laughs> That's always... Well, when we did the fitness one, we did one Sober October fitness challenge. We all wore these... Uh, uh, these straps and we, we had to like compete to see who can get the, the most fitness points and stuff like that. Ari got a fucking six pack. Like Ari got shredded. Like he doesn't even work out. He, before that he was never working out and over the course of the month, by the end of the month, he had a legit six pack and he looked great. But he was, he's always pretty wiry though. He, yeah. He pretty thin. Yeah. yeah. He got fat at one point in time because he was eating nothing but candy. 
He was literally eating candy all day long. He was always, he always had like a bag of gummy bears with him and shit like that. But then Dude, I gotta play. I don't know if I still have the message. When we're done with this, I gotta play the message. Him congratulating me having a kid. It's so arty. It's so fucking funny. <laughs> but yeah, he uh, he dried out with that, and then uh, didn't he never gained it back? But he never never had that six pack again. He was shredded because he was super competitive. He was really trying to win. It was really interesting. It was interesting to watch. I and I, yeah. and I liked how Bert would do it too, where Bert would have like a, I don't, he would always have like a crazy buildup mm-hmm. that was totally against what he told me this story about him running the fucking uh la marathon and like drinking the night before it's yeah. just like dude you could have fucking died <laughs> and, he, and not only that he never really trained for it but he but he just but he he he's mentally strong he just got himself from this mindset of put one foot in front of the other and mm-hmm. i am not stopping until i get to yeah. the finish line 26 miles. Fuck. It's a fucking that. hell of a haul for a fat guy. He did it. Yeah. You won't catch me doing that. No? No marathon running? No. Did you ever run at all? Um, no, I was not. I, I used to uh, ride a bike. I did that for a while where I and, uh, I got so into it. I remember one time I, I actually was drinking in the afternoon and I still had to go on a bike ride. I got on a bike shit-faced. <laughs> it's, it's, it was sweating. <laughs> This is the 80s, too. No helmet, no mm. nothing, and just fucking rode like <laughs> like 12 miles. And I never had heard the expression. I never felt hitting a wall. I, I, like whatever, the electrolytes, were, there was just nothing left. And I was like six miles. And this is East Coast, so there's all kinds of hills mm-hmm. and shit from my house. And I was like... I, I don't think I, I don't what am I gonna do and there was no cell phones like what am I gonna do <laughs> so I just kept riding and then it's, it was like this five minute like I'm gonna die I'm not gonna get through this and then I just got to the other side where the I think my body was just like alright there must be something like death must be chasing us so we need to go into something else here and I pushed through into that <laughs> that's what they say happens when you do those ultra marathons those people they get to a point where they think there's no way they can keep going they're doing 100 miles and they're 38 miles in and they're ready to quit but they just manage to just keep left right left right left right uh, and eventually you get into a zone and you're you cross the finish line 20 hours later hey god bless them now that's that i would just say well that you have all the people handing you cups of shit and you can yeah. just tap you out eat. there's a lot of things you have to do in those those 24-hour races you have to eat like uh, you run dry it's not like a regular marathon yeah no i'm I'm not yeah those well, triathlons all bill burr has been a great therapy session and, thank you uh, um, I'm that's excited for family about season four coming out tomorrow I don't know how you have time to do that how the fuck do you have time to do efforts for family as well as stand up as well as all the other shit you do play uh, the drums delegation yeah you 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 surround yourself with super talented people you do your job they do their job and you're able to um you're able to do that able to do it but i i i i needed this break though i'm not gonna lie to you i needed it too i didn't think i needed it i thought it was fine but now i am like fucking chomping at the bit to get back on stage i Me can't too. wait and i yeah i miss hearing people laughing and hanging with comics and hearing the crazy shit they say next time i see you i hope it's at the store yes or oh, the troubadour the troubadour either right. one either okay, or cool. i'm in all bill right. burr ladies and gentlemen thank you so much bye brother all right all right was that good it's good